politics ruin, or rather control your whole life, man, you're gonna be a miserable person. Straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy, and they hate their neighbors. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Underground for episode 118. I am joined, as every week, by the one, the only, Joseph. Wild West Pimp Style. And my name is David. Sexual Tyrannosaurus. And this is the show where every week we remind you. Give me the meat and give it to me at all. <laughs> exactly. Uh... Joseph. Man, that will that will never get old. That's you you know, iconic. It I'm is. doing I'm doing pretty all right. My uh, cold I had last time we were doing the live stream moved to respiratory infection, so I've been hanging in there, still Great working, news. still doing everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, vitamins, cold medicine, <laughs> all that stuff. Oh no! Dude, the alcohol. Anyway, hey. last week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just so y'all know, I've been taking the off-brand Dayquil and Nyquil, right? Dude, I switched to the name brand Alka-Seltzer. Dude, that stuff, the the night one, man, that's been helping me snooze at night. <sighs> I got to get a new chair. This chair farts. And people keep, I don't hear it. Oh. Well, it, apparently it popped up in one of the clips you made and occasionally I'll get we'll get a comment about it. Oh, yeah. Where someone's like, "One of those dudes farting?" And so like I'll either mess with Dude, people all the time. And then I yeah, it's a lot of protein, man. Uh and occasionally I'll respond and be like it's my chair it just does that like chairs yeah. chairs they get old and they make weird noises there's no way to, to save that you know what i mean no it's no there like, isn't. people are you... gonna think it's just like i i used to like uh when i worked at a restaurant and i used to tell, i like to tell new people man i don't care what uh john says about you you know manager or whatnot you're still a good person <laughs> you're still you're still a good server <laughs> it's just like it's like what it's like happy and like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just not even tell them i was joking and just keep going well joseph that's the way to do it if the lovely people listening to the podcast watching us live or however they happen to find us would like to donate to the show enlighten them on how they could do that so you can go to our direct.me link in our video description or in the show notes of our podcast episode and there you will find the links to our paypal bitcoin our youtube channel odyssey rumble email tiktok twitter instagram all of it and uh anyway we use the value for value system which is a listener-based business model where you determine the value our content is worth and if you feel for seriously though if you feel you're getting value from my content you can consider becoming a supporter by donating your time, talent, and treasure. Time meaning any effort you put into improving or developing our content or sharing it. Talent meaning any skills you possess that you want to contribute to help us develop our, our platform. And your treasure meaning your money. You can pay a one-off amount or you can set up a reoccurring contribution for the value you think our content is worth. We think that if you're spending a couple of hours with us a week, is that worth to you going to the movies? Is it worth going, you know, uh, to a restaurant and getting you something? Is it worth a dollar? Is it worth a hundred million dollars? Anything in between? Whatever you think our content is worth, you can donate to us. Uh, donors of less than one hundred dollars will automatically become producers of the episode. 
donors of $100 and above will automatically become associate executive producers of the episode. And then donors of $200 and above will receive the executive producer credit for that episode. And these are real credits that we will vouch, vouch for on your resume. Uh, and because producers are generally responsible for financing the project. So you can list this as a legitimate credit on your resume. And please note that any amount that you contribute would remain anonymous. But if you do pay via PayPal or if you send us money any other type of way, please be sure to include a note and we'll read it live on air. For the people that have donated, no one yet has included a note. So be sure on PayPal you can include a note with your donation. So be sure to do that. We're going to be... Uh, having more payment options. I know a lot of people don't want to use PayPal because uh, they suck, but a lot of payment processors suck. So it's <laughs> yeah. really kind of difficult to get around. We also have a producer this week. We do. Yes, it's up at the top of the show. Oh notes. yeah, we our <laughs> producer. My bad. My bad, John. Uh, John Burke is a producer of our episode one eighteen. Let's round of applause for John. Come on, David. Oh, oh okay. Oh, Come wait. on, David. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Come on. Don't let us down. <laughs> no, thank you, John. We appreciate it. Uh, he is the producer of this episode. Uh, and then uh, just remember that our value for value model will keep our content advertisement free. Our goal is to not to uh, monetize our channel. And so your donations help us not to monetize it. If it gets to the point to where we have a bunch of subscribers or whatever number we decide that is, and we're just not getting the value on the end monetarily, we'll, uh, we will probably go the route of monetizing our, our channel if that's what y'all choose to. But that's we prefer not to do that. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the topics for this week. And the first one uh, is something you had mentioned to, to me. You were like, how did we miss this? Um, yeah, maybe we didn't. We probably actually talked about it a bit. No, I just realized that this says this was a, from January of 2021. 2021. I don't... That... I, yeah, I for some reason, I thought this was a brand new... Thing. Did you ever make anything? Oh happen? my lord! Anything you couldn't explain? Come on, you rookie. <laughs> no, the ad, the ads, an ad, a random ad popped up in the bottom. Oh, corner. it did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know That's what funny. that was. Oh man. Okay, so uh, Harry Potter live action TV series in early development at HBO Max. Uh, sources tell the Hollywood Reporter that. Uh, that executives have had a series of meetings with writers uh, with the goal of bringing the blockbuster franchise to television. Um, Joseph, before I read yeah. any more of this, what is your... Because I actually I don't know. Uh, we've never really talked about it that much. What is your stance on Harry Potter, I guess? Or like, so, where do you fall in the midst of I ask everyone I meet what house they're in to I don't care? Uh, well, first off, uh, I just briefly w went over this article from uh, January 11th of earlier this year. And so it's still in early development. Uh, so that's the, the latest one that I have. And right. they're looking to uh, Warner Brothers is uh, the new CEO of Warner Brothers. So I guess David Zaslav is uh, still looking to develop more Harry Potter content. So my when it comes to I'm Harry Potter, I'm. I have 
a more positive reflection of it. Yeah. The Harry Potter movies. Now the freaking crimes of Grindelwald, <laughs> freaking Neil, <laughs> lizard man, whatever he is. Uh, dude. Yeah, no, those movies are trash, people. Uh, and you've all seen, of them, but funny, especially the funny third enough, one. you've seen more of them than I have because I haven't even seen the last one. You like yeah. you were you were like, nah, it's not good or something like that. And I was like, Dude, all right, don't even waste your time, bro. Bothered. Yeah, it's it, it, literally people. You can if they release a fourth one, just skip that one. You won't miss anything. <laughs> I, you literally sure. won't. <laughs> I, I, it's the it's literally the same plot yeah of the last of the previous movie and it's like this thing literally you you want you, you want to talk about spinning wills that's what that movie oh. does it just spins wills of the previous movie and so yeah there, you know when it comes to those movies i yeah. think i think the second one i was like okay it's either the first one or the second one of those i was like okay this is all right uh you know below average to all right but then like Whichever one, the other one was, uh, and then the uh, definitely the last one was really just even worse. But the Harry Potter movies, I'm kind of more positive. If I was to, I mean, I don't, we, I know we don't like rating things, and I've gotten away from really wanting to rate them. I guess you know, if I would say as far as a positive reflection, probably be somewhere like seventy, between seventy and eighty somewhere. Okay, yeah, that's pretty high. You think that's pretty high? That's pretty high. But but I it's I we have this conversation a lot, but we just look at it differently because I'm not I don't look at reviews in the same way the public edu God the public education like system does or just like education mm -hmm. in the states in general. And I don't know how it right. works in other countries, but if you what is it? It's uh ninety to a hundred is an A, eighty to eighty nine is a B. And then like it, they, it's like you go ten points down, yeah. right? And then you get to a sixty or lower, and it's an F. Yeah. And so it, I think like what, sixty to seventy is a D. Yeah, and I, I think that a lot of people look at that as the way that people are as a scoring system. Whether you're doing one to a hundred, whether you're doing one to ten, mm -hmm. and I don't think that it's a proper rating Metric. system yeah so i think one to ten is fine the problem comes from the expectations of the person watching it and yeah because i guess i'm sorry interrupt oh, no, you, no, you're right? good. go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i guess <laughs> go it depends on how you define those uh ratings right so right. you could say nine to ten is excellent yeah and then you'd have to say eight to nine is great yeah. Seven to eight is good. And then six to, would you say six to seven or five to seven is average? I mean, I would put five as average. Okay. So five. Because it is the middle. It's the, mi it's the middle number. It makes the most okay. sense to me that that so would be the six case. Six to seven above average. Five to six average. And then. Sure. Well, I would, yeah. I mean, it's, I'd have to really like sit, sit down, down and think and about think it. About the way that I would write out a scoring system if that was the mm -hmm. case. Um, because one of the biggest problems is the way that Rotten Tomatoes uh, like accumulates that stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. We've talked about in the past the way that like IGN rates stuff. <laughs> yeah, I Where do. it just... It doesn't make you mean a lot Amazon? of yeah. Well, it doesn't make a lot of sense the way that they rate their products. Like they'll have someone on there give. Like, I think they gave. 
the Resident Evil show a 7.5 or an 8. I can't remember. You know, the one that came out not too long ago. Oh, I was thinking of I am. DB, yeah, oh, IGN, yeah, yeah IGN. they suck. And they gave the Rings of Power a nine or a ten. On no, no. One so they gave episodes. rings. They gave Rings of Power like the whole season because I, I checked on this. Okay. Because uh, I was curious. I always get curious how they are rating the, these things out. Uh, right. They gave Rings of Power an eight, and they gave House of the Dragon a nine. And I was like, okay, that's actually pretty low for IGN. <laughs> it, well, the, the thing is, is that they um they do that, and I know it's different reviewers yeah and so part of the problem that a lot of these places have is that if if you you're generally going to find people who have opinions that you either trust or you generally align with it's not right. gonna be it's not gonna be the case all the time mm-hmm. um, and i know we're talking we're supposed to be talking about harry potter but this subject is interesting to me um and it kind of kind of comes back into it so say you have uh, a, a reviewer who generally like you see eye to eye in the way that they review things like the way that i i like a lot of mauler stuff Mm -hmm. um i i don't always agree with them on certain things but they're for the most part even if we disagree about something i understand why he sees it from the perspective that he does right and so that's kind of what i've always looked for in people who review different things whether they give numbers or not and as you know and as a lot of the people that listen to the show know i tend to stay away from numbers because then you can get in the trap of well you said you liked house of the dragon and you know say i gave like house of the dragon like an eight right like mm-hmm. an eight out of ten and then something comes along that i'm clearly more excited about and i like more and i also give that an eight and so then you're you're in this kind of weird predicament situation yeah um so i've always liked uh so your movie sucks the way that he does it (laughs) is he he'll give some (laughs) he'll give something like a six but then he'll say it's closer to a seven than a five so if he he, you know he tries to give Mm. that that little extra on both sides which i I like and the whole thing is kind of it's not a hundred percent subjective but there is going to be a lot of stuff that is personal to the person that is reviewing the product um, and, and I think with it comes to Harry Potter for me, it's difficult to like watching them now. It's like, okay, I can judge them now. But when I was younger and watching them, it was out of more, you know, the experience is different, right? I was less mature and knowledgeable than I am now. And so, uh, yeah. you know, watching them is a bit different. But of course, you right. know, I'm a, so getting to the question what do you think of all the movies all the movies as a whole um there are things that i like about most of them mm-hmm. uh there i have i have issues and, and this is again this is coming from i mean i haven't watched any of them in a long time um and i was i wouldn't call myself a massive harry potter fan but i i've read all the books i own all the books um i yeah, have harry potter doll I've seen Sleep all with. of the mainline movies. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I wasn't like that into it. I mean, it's like for the longest time, like Indiana Jones and Star Wars were like, no, those were my thing. And Harry oh, Potter. Wow. You have that. You have a Hermione Granger tattoo on your lower back. Oh, right yeah. Hang on. Let me show, let me show everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's bring that back in style. The tramp stamp. <laughs> yeah. Tricks in the troll room was saying the the music was better than the movies. I, I could probably get behind that. Um, the, the music's iconic for those movies. Uh, in the same way that you listen to Lord of the Rings music or Star Wars music, mm-hmm. and you know you don't you don't get a lot of that today. 
No, you uh, don't. I think Avengers, at least the theme, was the last time there was a, so? a big budget. Oh, everybody knows that main Avengers theme. Like, you play that, a majority of people are going to know what it is. Yeah, I wonder... Uh, shoot. I was trying to think about Game of Thrones, the last like major theme, but I guess you would be right. It would be Endgame. Because so. I... Th- Game Avengers. Fin- they finished the around the same time. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely yeah. throw Game of Thrones in there as well. You've got those these two modern, you know, Game of Thrones to its own detriment as far as I'm concerned with the new series. But, uh, but yeah, nothing yeah, like I, iconic has come out since then that I'm aware of. Yeah, and I'm sure as far as like music to a series, uh, there's nothing that I can think of that really that sticks the way that at least, you know, Game of Thrones and Avengers did. Yeah. Um, we've kind of been on a on a down downward spiral with some of the the, the connective tissue, I guess, of, of those things. I mean, think mm-hmm. about it. This was always that thing with, uh, and I'll get back to Harry Potter. But uh, when we were talking about uh, Rings of Power, mm-hmm. occasionally there'd be uh, some a music score in there where I was like, oh, I kind of like this. I, I this music in particular. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. this is good music. And then I remembered that I was watching Rings of Power. Uh, and, and it just <laughs> right. completely goes out the window. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, there's stuff from the movies, at least that I remember that I like, um, f- I didn't like the design and this is probably more of a subjective thing, but I didn't care for the design of some of the creatures in the third movie. Uh, the fourth, oh, mo- yeah. the fourth movie is rushed. Um, the fifth is movie, that the uh, Order of the Phoenix? No, Order of the Phoenix is the fifth one. Fifth uh, one. Goblet of Fire is the fourth one. I can't believe I remember That's right. that. Yeah, um, Goblet, Goblet of Fire, Fire is that was rushed. rushed. I it, it was. I remember sitting in the theater and going, "Wait, why did you?" There's a there. If I if I remember correctly, there's an entire qu- scene where they go to watch like a Quidditch World Cup match. I don't remember if that's exactly yes. what it's called. Someone in the troll room can correct me. Yeah, like the World Cup of. Quidditch. Yeah, that's one of the big ones that I remember. And then in, um, oh, what was, because there's seven books. Yeah, seven books, seven eight movies, movies or eight movies. Um, in the seventh movie, they. So I don't like the. I think the seventh movie potentially is the worst one. Uh, and the reason I say that is because it's like a hormonal teenage nightmare of a film like they they focus so much on like the hormones of all the characters mm-hmm. and then there's yeah. a really at the end of the movie there's supposed to be this massive fight like it, all this stuff goes down and i remember sitting in the theater oh my gosh and waiting for that to happen <laughs> and uh and it didn't it doesn't happen they skip the entire like Harry, it, I could you could mark the exact moment that that's supposed the build up to that, and then when it's supposed to happen, and there's like a hard cut, and then they move ahead past all of that, and yeah. I'm like, this is one, this is such a major franchise. Why did you do that? Why did you not have your massive battle at the end of this? Because the the whole idea, and I mean these these movies are old. It, oh lord. Um, uh, they're a good bit old. Yeah, and so it, it, they had the budget to do it, and the build-up is supposed to lead in the seventh, the seventh book to Dumbledore dying. Like that's yep. that's all of it. It's it builds up, builds up, builds up. You have this massive fight. You know, you're like, oh man, something big is going to happen, and then that's kind of the you know the big moment in, in yeah. Nigh Gandalf dies in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And then that, 
they didn't do they I mean of course they did the Dumbledore stuff but they they skipped the rest of that and I just remember getting out of theater and being like I was just so disappointed in that um, yeah but, but of course I saw the the last two because they split them in half that was during that time period where everybody was splitting uh, the final yeah, book in like movies. young adult or yeah the final movie in young adult books into like two or three different movies yeah. uh, you know the Hobbit did that uh, like um, I think Divergent Hung- Hunger Games series. did that Hunger Games um, there, Twilight. Were, there was a lot of it and uh, yeah it's good uh, old childhood man so but I'm I'm happy about this this news for the most part if they stay respectful of the source material and. Honestly, in the same way that House of the Dragon improved on the source material with the series, mm-hmm. I need them to do some of that with the third book because the time travel stuff in it is unbelievably broken. Like, yeah. She she should never have touched time travel in this series because it breaks. It, it, there, there's like rules, I think. But it's very much like, well, these are just the rules. Don't don't think about the rest of it because it is a it's a it's a series that was created for younger kids to right. your, you know uh, young adults. That's that was the right. age range that they coming were pushed of age towards. Yeah. type of uh, book. And I would have hang on. What are they saying in the troll room? In the troll room, uh, hello Jenna, and then. T-Rex said, can we also yeah. admit the talent needed to make these epic movies might not exist anymore, which is a really good point. I it mean, is. I, I think w- House of the Dragons, the only with the exception of Arcane, I can't really think of any other TV shows speak, uh, that I can recommend. You know what I mean? Um, can you? In the last, well. The last couple of years? Jenna is in the drawer room says, say my name. (laughs) (laughs) Jenna told, I hope I'm saying it right. Hey, look, Nightbot's working too. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Finally, David got it. Round of applause for David. Yes, yes. I'll give myself a pat on the back for finally getting that working. Um, Anyway, if if they can, um, because they're right, if they can find the correct talent, Mm -hmm. if they are going the right direction with the source material and they're not skipping over things you know of course for pacing there might be reasons that they need to and i haven't read the books in a long time so and i don't know if i would even get to reading them again before this comes out um i constantly look at them and go man i wouldn't mind going back through that and then i just i don't have time to i don't have as much time to read as i used to um right but yeah i I think they could handle it i think hbo max uh, having that release on there weekly, you could have seven seasons. So it's the you know easily. Yeah, you have your outline pretty much built out already. Uh, and for them to have Game of Thrones and Harry Potter, so you're covering a fantasy world that is, uh, you know, uh, potentially uh, pushed more towards kids, kids, young adults. Of, of course, mm-hmm. adults are going to watch it too. But that's you know you have that audience, and then you have your more mature fantasy pushed towards adults you're covering a massive area of stuff and harry potter is huge yeah right? i mean this this is a, a a huge win for them if they can pull it off correctly and i i hope they can i'm hoping that by the time this gets released the pendulum is starting to swing back in the direction of all right we need to quit reason 
yeah, we need to quit the activism and we need to move back towards let's tell good stories. Let's take yep. something. Let's be faithful to this thing. Let's be faithful to the fans. Um, and in my opinion, possibly they can fix uh, they can they can fix some of the little details in in, in there um, yeah. that I that I think that there's there's always room for improvement in people's works. And it's not I don't hold um, uh, uh, J.K. Rowling to the same like height that i do some other writers right um and uh yeah so we'll, we'll yeah see. and i don't I hold don't those movies like i hold the lord of the rings movies you know what i mean no. it's funny though that you know people it came out a, a month or two ago i think about a month ago oh. uh, or less that the hbo max had pitched to the tolkien state about remaking uh, the movies but doing a tv series and it's actually not a bad idea because there's so much Peter Jackson didn't get to, yeah, you know, to include. So you could do a series off that. Although I think doing a, a different route would have been probably better rather yeah. than just rehashing what we've already seen yeah. to an extent. And so, uh, hell to nerd poreal life form in the troll room. Yes. Uh, Trex was asking, who would you trust to direct this? Uh, I'd have to think about it. Um, uh, what's that guy? What's the, you got Ryan Congle of the house of dragon showrunner and who's the repugnant is that his name the Rep oh you mean spotchnik 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he would make harry potter and everyone would be like uh it'd just be a you blank screen for yeah. yeah for for 10 episodes uh <laughs> oh man do like color grading please yes but no that's a good question to direct it, it it's it's mm -hmm. difficult because and there's not really that many good directors, would well, you say? They've either and been they've either been me too'd into oblivion, or they're not the right they're not the right it. person for that. Like I just wouldn't want to. Peter Jackson, uh, you know, I don't know. Give his yeah, would, I guess he I guess he could direct television. Um, it, it's a little bit different, and I I wouldn't be surprised. Mm -hmm. The bigger thing potentially would be who the showrunners are. Mm -hmm. What kind of experience that they have? Um, I, I would, I'd have to look into it because it's, I, I don't know. Uh, everybody that is doing stuff that I like right now, their shows are probably still going to be going on while this is happening. And you don't want to take, you don't want to take the the Game of Thrones people off of Game of Thrones to do this because then it will suffer. Because yeah, because then it's like, well, what what happens with you know any of the other stories that they want to tell after they're done with house of the dragon you you want a solid team to stay and continue to do that and then what you need to do is build a solid team uh, yep. from other places and yeah i don't know I'm it's an intricate sure. process because it's difficult the times right now and hollywood are are difficult but you know i guess we'll find out too last of us is going to premiere january 15th so i'm interested to watch that <laughs> Jen is trolling. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Zack Snyder's the perfect <laughs> No, no, he's not. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Just see Harry uh, throwing out his wand to do, you know, Ex Patronus maximum or whatever. Patrona. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> they're like doing Matrix dodge moves underneath <laughs> the magic. You're like, oh no. That'd be that'd be great. No, you gotta have one of them do a uh, do a flip over it too, you know, a slow mo flip. Yeah, House of the Dragon oh, is the man. reason that Winds of Winter isn't done yet. But I had no, I don't, 
There I are, doubt that. There are a lot. He, he, I'm sure he had time to finish it. Uh, that that dude, dude's just a slow writer. He uh, he's been just busy with other projects. Um, I I'm sure. I'm still of the opinion that he might not be getting it done um, before he dies, but I'll eat my words mm. when it finally comes out. But I, there's a lot of people that are really hopeful about it, and I'm like, y'all, like I don't know. It's like they're they're gonna have to get somebody else to finish it for him, um, if he even has the notes. Like it, it's so it's such an odd. Uh, it's it's a really odd thing with with George because he 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 has been he just gets interested he he's uh, it, it's almost like ADD where mm-hmm. he, he he had that project he got fame you know and then he has all these other ones and then he got famous and then they gave him a lot of money so he got uh, rich late yep. in his life and now he's this big name despite the fact that he never finished his original series <laughs> and then. Yeah, all this other hey, other man. stuff is happening, but I don't know. I, I get it. Well, I guess we can oh, move he on. Doesn't to the have next notes. Nerporial said that he doesn't have notes. That's bad. That's really bad. That's really bad. Who doesn't have notes? George. Uh, George. Yeah. Ooh. Um, but yeah, we can move on to this next topic because I, I this was something that we posted. Uh, I, I randomly posted on our our YouTube community page and it blew up. Yeah. Uh, we had people going source, 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 source. So I was like, "All right, well, we'll talk about it on the show." <laughs> and and source, 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 and source. Give you and what's so funny is that they could have tapped the image. So one of the things people might not know this: when you do stuff on a community tab, uh, the images get zoomed in, and so you couldn't see. Like I guess you couldn't see where it said "bounding into comics," and I, and I'm thinking to myself, "Okay, fair enough. That's not there. You could Google it." <laughs> yeah there's this type in uh, the words and google will give you the results you, no david it's not called google it's called the book of truth please <laughs> and then um yeah so it's it's we're, we're gonna talk about this but what i really want to do is actually just play the clip from i'm glad you clipped it i meant to clip it i didn't I it's just it in. it's just in here it's the first oh, okay, like two, it's, cool. he talk, chris talks about it for about the first two minutes perfect um, let's so do it i i thought this would be uh really good so i'm just gonna do this and then play oh she's a mary sue uh well argued and presented and he nailed the issues with girl power Whoops. writers oh yeah never mind i think we're all right <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it's i i don't you know what i didn't even watch the finale of rings of power i watched videos about it so i know everything that happens and i just don't care i i don't care i spent That's, 20 minutes on it and i've spent yeah. more time talking about it but uh, Chris, what have you heard from your peers in the industry? Is everyone so impressed with the Rings of Power as the showrunner seems to suggest that we all should be? Uh, no, I heard from someone who has a connected Amazon that uh, if you really, if you want to know, yes, uh, please, that effectively what they're they're going to be retooling, and that the guys who are the showrunners. Are more than likely they're not going to be they're not going to be publicly fired, but their role will be reduced, uh, potentially just remaining in the writers' room. But my understanding is they're looking for more experienced showrunners. Breaking well, news here. Yeah, they're well aware of the problems. Whether you know, they're sort of like publicly what they say and what they're actually doing behind the scenes, and what they're doing behind the scenes is they're they're 
freaking out that this was more of a failure than could have been anticipated. I, I think the one, the quality of the show like that, the, the sort of like that, that is the number one thing. The fact that it's like, why don't, why am I still watching this? This is, this is sleep inducing. The second thing is <laughs> the, true. the, the total rejection from fans. Um, I can't believe that there, there, there has to be very few people that remain that still like it. And then thirdly, the direct competition from House of the Dragon, the strategically them announcing that they would have it come out at the same time, and even like pre-seed and post-seed, so to speak. So it's House of the Dragon started earlier, and House of the Dragon is ending you know, later. So I can't wait for the season finale of House of the Dragon. Won't we get the second season of House? All right, Joseph. So what do yeah. you think? What do you think? What do you think? I think that Amazon needs to hire me and you uh, to kind of like lead <laughs> and, and get the right people involved. It, it seems I would just love simple. to pre like proofread stuff. Yeah. Just go like not even. It's just like give me give me this for a second. Let me. Yeah, you can proofread you know, everything. Yeah. I don't mind being involved in that. I just rather make the decision <laughs> of who we hire to like be the showrunners, the director, produce, you know, all that stuff and oh, everything. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's okay. I don't mind. Uh, the 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 main the 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 main rule would, would be you have to be a genuine fan. And what I mean by genuine fan is that willing to adapt and you know. Uh, the changes that need to be made are still faithful to, to Tolkien, right? You're, yeah. you're looking to tell his story, not your own story. And so it, it's easy with anyone who has eyes to see and ears to hear when they watch the rings of power to know a, it's not faithful to Tolkien in any stretch of the imagination. B it sucks. What was, I was reading. You, you can still enjoy it. Yeah. You can still enjoy it and say, Hey, I enjoy the rings of power. That's okay. Not going to hate you for it, anything like that. We all find enjoyment in different things, but there's difference in enjoying something and simultaneously thinking it's great or it's good or it's faithful to Tolkien. It's clearly not. They change like Galadriel isn't Galadriel, just in name only. And that's the, the problem with the show from beginning to end is that, and from the, it's it's not just that it's the line that proceeded to the run up of the show. You know, saying we're going to going back to the books, going back to the books, all this bull crap. And it's just a intersectional <laughs> feminist production. That's yeah. really what it is. It's interesting that you mentioned that because we're going to go over an article uh, from IGN later where two writers in particular were talking about that. Yeah. Um, and sort of the, I just don't want to be preached that, man. I just want to just tell a good freaking story. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. just it's oh, dude. OK, so just I, tell a good story. Uh, I don't care if you're a Trump supporter, a Biden supporter, if you're right wing, left wing, libertarian, green tea party. You know, you want every home filled with plastic water bottles, whatever. Just tell a good story. That's all I care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, what's funny is that um, I started watching Guillermo del Toro's House of Curiosities. Oh, you did? Yeah, and I know Purple Valkyrie likes it. I don't think it's very good. And I, mm. I don't know if that... I haven't finished it. So it's I don't know if you've heard of it. It's, it's, it's yeah, I've heard of it. Individual stories about of like horror... Uh, it's like a horror anthology. So each episode right. is a different story. It's got some like Lovecraftian tones to it, some imagery. And um, they, they, I haven't gotten far enough to know if the stories get significantly more in that direction 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought the the first episode sucked. Like I thought the first episode was very much garbage. Um, <laughs> the it, the characters are all incredibly one dimensional. Uh, the in it, it just kind of like ends. It's not satisfying. Uh, you know, they have an hour to tell these stories. You can tell a good right. story in an hour. Um, right. I thought the second one was a little bit better, and the third one was a little bit better than that. Um, they, they're they a little more focused. Like, the first one, they go hard into the modern-day politics stuff, uh, like the ideologies, and they, they are constantly just kind of, like, pushing it at you. And I was like, come on, man. Like, yeah. can you, like really? Uh, and in reverse and i still haven't decided where i've landed on this movie uh on halloween so us not mm-hmm. streaming actually this worked out uh i watched a movie called barbarian that's on hbo max oh i know what you're talking dude, about dude it's wild is it good uh tbd Hugh i don't German. i can't I, there's a lot that i like about it by the end i'm not sure that it really it, that it really holds up okay because yeah you're our horror genre expert because for those who don't know Eugenia <laughs> didn't like it That's i funny. ain't watching it i i really liked the first act um and i don't want to spoil anything because I, as far as i'm concerned it's a movie that i would recommend solely to talk about it with people mm-hmm. more so than being like you should watch this because it's really good if mm. that makes sense at all was it a movie that like it's a good idea of a bad movie would you say like good concept but terrible it execution ju- I just think yeah the execution just falls apart I think the it's the pacing starts out really good I mean it's 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 pretty by the book as far as pacing mm-hmm. is concerned and I wasn't expecting it to be like a 10 out of 10 you know what I mean or like a yeah it, it wasn't going to be on the upper echelon of of movies um, but I really like the direction it was going. I, I the the main character does some smart stuff at the beginning, uh, okay. and she she feels real. Like you're watching it, and you're going there. There's like a, a, a I'll, I'll I'll say this one thing, and I, I won't ruin it ruin it. But there's a a part where she ends up going down into a basement, and mm-hmm. she finds a door, and she opens the door, and it's like dark inside, and she she doesn't have her phone, so she doesn't have a flashlight or anything with her, and she just looks at it, and she goes nope <laughs> and like turns around and i was like thank you it it's so nice now it fumbles later on where characters right. start they start making dumb decisions and but it's the concept is really interesting and i'm not sure that it it, it lands at the end i think it kind of fumbles the ball in some areas okay. i i'm not sure if they were and i don't want to i don't want to say anything because i've I don't want to. Like, don't want to spoil it. I don't. I can't say a whole well, lot about it because it is really. What's the connection between it and the Rings of Power? The point you were trying to make with it. Oh, was sure there it. one? Uh, we were talking it, about what was I talking about before that? Dude, don't ask me. I have no idea. Oh, dude, I, it's okay. I got like uh, old man brain. Oh, it's all good. Um, sorry, sorry, guys. It. Yeah, but uh, all of that to be said, like I, I think there's. Um, interesting stuff oh barbarian doesn't have i remember where i was going with this okay. barbarian doesn't have well okay it has a little bit but it's it, it works well for what they were kind of going for because I, I it didn't feel like they were trying to push an ideological bent in my face it right what it seemed like what they were trying to get across is that there are certain characters that 
they won't, that's things that happen to them that you, that you find out about uh, affect the way that they make decisions throughout the mm-hmm. the movie. And it, it that stuff, like the character work that they do in that, I, I could probably say is good. Whereas mm-hmm. the where the plot ultimately goes, I it does kind of to does kind of fall flat. Whereas with that first episode of Cabinet of Curiosities and what Rings of Power has done and what the showrunners were trying to do with House of the Dragon, mm-hmm. and I mean, pick your poison at this point. I mean, it's it's pretty much everything that has a fandom has got a lot of that ideological bent to mm-hmm. one level or another. Um, like it has to it has to promote some type of ideology yeah. rather than just telling a story and you could with House of Dragon you could easily tell a story of you know how this system this political system is set up right in this society the the benefits and downfalls of that to both men and women in that you know curiosity and, yeah. sorry keep you going. know what i'm saying and so yeah, i yeah. think with the rings of power it fails on multiple levels one of them being that it just doesn't seem as if I'm not saying that no one behind the scenes did, but just as it seemed like at least the showrunners were concerned that they really truly cared about about Tolkien, about his works, and was trying to convey his message. Everything just rang, hey, it has to check, you know, our modern boxes. And it's like we bring it up again, time and time again. It's that you would think if these companies really cared about pushing diversity, and like you know what, we want uh, more. Uh, black representation in film, right? Okay, let's go find this black fantasy author from America or Africa or whatnot that has this entire world that they've constructed and built, and let's bring that to screen and show and show it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and what they typically do is they'll take these more popular IPs that already have a built-in fan base and how fans have grown up seeing them, and they'll. Uh, either race or gender swap or orientation swap or whatever swapping you want to talk about yeah. because it, that's a lot easier than having to create your own fan base. And so it just comes across as disingenuine, even if, which I think a lot of them are, but even if that doesn't mean that everyone is that's trying to do that. Yeah. But I think too, with the show where it misses is there's not really any character you, that's like that. I say likable that it's, that's so fine. We've, we've talked about yeah, we've talked about likable characters. It's not that they have to be, um, good like the good guys or the bad guys. It's the same way. And it's funny that House of the Dragon brought up that conversation where it's like Damon isn't a good guy, but we like the way that he's written. Therefore, good character, yeah. likable character, and and that's where the the nuance has to come in with the the well, things that that we talk about. Whereas in how uh sorry and the rings of power there's no one to connect with no yeah. no one who no one you really care about yeah they most of them are barely one-dimensional and you know what's really interesting do you notice the fall off with like people aren't they're already not talking the show ended and that was oh, pretty much it yeah so we still get people on a couple of the shorts who are trying to argue to me that the volcano thing makes sense and i <laughs> yeah I'm just like y'all Dude. But why don't we get into some Witcher news? Let's do it. Let's talk Let's about The it. Witcher. All right. So a couple things came out. First one, and potentially the best news, maybe. I always feel like I have to put a, a caveat on <laughs> anything we talk about now. Yeah, it, because, you really do. Because when it CD Project, yeah, CD Project Red came out with their. Um, do you remember what that was? It, it was. It was like their. Uh, 
in the their ESG Cyberpunk. No, no, it was their, <laughs> they they did this whole uh video about like ESG essentially. Oh, that's right. Um, oh. And so it it was it was it was a situation where you sent me this and my initial thought because I've played all three of the games. My initial thought was like, "Oh, no, this is great. That first game is very old and yeah. not not good really. Uh the gameplay is it's rough. It's kind yeah. of it's kind of broken. Uh now I haven't played it. I think I played the game in like 2012. So it's it's kind of hard to remember, but I, if I remember correctly, you have these three stances and mm-hmm. one of the stances is you you realize after a while is just way better than the other two. And so you just spam that through the entire game. <laughs> but for them to do so the mechanics of the actual game aren't good. Yes. Yes, I don't. But if they remake it and just keep the same storyline, just re, just uh, polish it and make things better rather than, you know, uh, making things for modern audiences, it will be it will go well. Yeah. I'm sure they're probably going to do it like Cyberpunk where you can change, you know, and create your character how you well, see fit. I don't know because if they're doing the first one then it has to be about Geralt. You would think. But then it's not a remake. No matter how many times I like that, I played that video game, listened, watched the TV show, talked about it with you, I know it's Geralt here and it comes off Geralt off my tongue. I, I know. We, I think we talked about that Geralt. a lot. I think I even like broke it down. We were talking one day, and I was like, "Geralt." I know, I know it's Geralt. <laughs> Geralt. <laughs> reminds gonna... me of he reminds me of an office worker. It's like <laughs> Gerald of Rivia. Gerald from the you know from from your local office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Geralt of Rivia. But yeah, no, so I think it's potentially interesting. We'll see what actually if it at this point when it I comes re- to this stuff, we have to be proven. Agreed. Wrong. You know I, what I mean. I, I need to see a gameplay. Tra- I need to see a gameplay trailer. I, honestly, that's not even enough at this point because they could do a bait and switch. But yeah, a gameplay trailer, them confirming that Geralt is is the the main character of their Witcher One remake, mm-hmm. uh, and that they're basically gonna try to stay true to the story and then expand on a lot of it because. Yeah. Uh, essentially, this is an opportunity for them to make another Witcher three that's better than Witcher three. You yeah. another open world. This is obviously this is set before uh, the events of the other two. They can fill in some of the the gaps where because they don't talk about Yennefer, Yennefer or Siri that I can remember in that first right. game. Uh, it's very much him and Triss because he's lost his memory for reasons that I, I'm not going to say because last time I gave that spoiler away, the internet wanted to roast I'll me over a fire. Do it. Do it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Uh, you can go read Be the last man, Witcher David. book to find out. Or like I did, spoil, I found spoil out. Spoil it for the well, no. nerds and haters, I found, as uh, David French likes to say. I found out about it playing the first Witcher game. That was my introduction to The Witcher. Was that first? Was that first game? Yeah. And I think in like one of the opening scenes, they they do like a little animated thing of what happens at the end of uh, the last book. And so it's and it's always been out there. Like that that information's been there. But I'm not going to say it because um, I'm just not, I'm not going to. I I've been I've been burned by giving that specific spoiler spoiler away, and it will not come out of my lips again um, for a while at least. Spoiler um, alert. 
spoiler alert i'm about to ruin it girl jump dies. ahead 10 seconds ah <laughs> and then he's I'll yeah do it. it's well, yeah. been out for a while and so. then, well, yeah the last the last book came out a while ago um yeah. anyway all of that to be said if this goes the way that my head is hoping they go with this i'll be happy with it yeah I, you're right i'm not convinced uh, I know a lot of people were Not thinking. Not CD Project Red. Yeah, I know a lot of people were thinking they were going to do some sort of open world where you got to like make your own Witcher, which I'm I still think that's a that's mm-hmm. a cool idea. Um, but at this point, I, I, I'm kind of fine with a remake of something that. I mean, y'all can go look up uh str- like uh, video footage of the first game. It it looks rough, man. I mean, the game I think it was a came out in 2007. I agree with Whoopa Troopa in the uh, troll room. He says. Uh, Whoopa says, I don't need a remake for most games. At best, a remaster, but that's it. And I kind of agree with that. I prefer a remaster. Trust me with this one. This is a good, this is, this is a specific time where if they do it correctly, like if it's, if it's similar to Witcher 3, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they do some work on the mechanics and, you know, upgrade some things, you know, make it look really nice. This is an example of when it's an appropriate time to do that. In the same way that, for me, uh, Resident Evil 2 and then the Resident Evil 2 remake, mm-hmm. it's that kind of jump for me. Where yeah. it's like, you, there has been a long enough period of time and graphics and game theory and all the stuff that go into creating a video game. Mm-hmm. That's big. It's it's not like this came out you know five years ago and they're they're putting it out again. Yeah. Um, it's you know what a good example of that is is uh, the original Last of Us that came oh, out yeah. in 2013 and they just made this like crazy remake. They're selling it for like 70 or 80 bucks on PlayStation 5. And from what I've been hearing, it is not worth the uh, the, money. the money. It's like you might as well just play the original one. Very few games are worth seventy dollars. And say football 2023 or 24 will be one of those games for me. Yeah. But that's beside the point. I've been looking forward to that for a while. Uh, it, David knows back when we were roommates and we had a particular roommate, uh, how fun that was for, for me. <laughs> those were good times. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Let's get into I, I was going to say, before you get to the Witcher writers, I think we should lead with the Hems- you, the, the, the bigger the, news. The bigger news, yeah. Uh, and everybody knows about this already. Yeah, but um, at first I was like, is this going to... I just saw Hemsworth. I'm oh. like, please be Chris Hemsworth. Please be Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> no, the show then I is, saw Liam and I was like, oh, no. This show is... I mean, it was done Doomed. for a lot of people already. This is the final nail in the coffin. I don't... The, the only thing that kept us watching it and reviewing it... I mean, it did good numbers for us. Outside sure. of that is... The main reason, though, is Henry Cavill. He's, we like he's good in the role. He's, yeah. He's the, as we said in our review of it last year, Henry is the gold of the show. Yeah. Without him, it just, I don't care who you put in this up for that. I don't want to watch it because he cares about the source material. He cares about the fans. And that exudes it through his performance. This whole idea of, it happens in Marvel a lot with the actors and actresses a part of that and, and other fandoms too, of just not caring about the fans, crapping on the fans, you know, uh, even with the Thor movie, who was that di- director? Uh, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah. Him just, you know, it being a, just a big joke to him. It's, it, 
people who actually care and like it should be the people that are involved in it. And, and maybe Liam Hensworth is a good fan of it. Just sucks for him that he's, you know, Henry Cavill was just better suited in the role. Because that's who we got to see this first. Is, you know what I mean? This is an odd It's just so dumb. Like, it's an why odd would you choice. Let, why would you let Henry go? Well, I don't, from what I've heard, just some of it's people speculating and, and rumors uh, that he, that they've said that he was um, difficult to work with, which makes me think that he kept telling them that they were wrong about things or yeah. like, you know, it, it, remember when, when we talked about this a long time ago, it might have been when we did the review last year uh, for season two, but he specifically wanted uh, the death of his horse to be impactful mm-hmm. and the and showrunner, showrunner Lauren Hisrich, Hisrich, that's what it is. She she was going to try to make some sort of like joke out of it, like it, like Marvel's been doing with all of their stuff where a very sad moments moment gets cut by um a joke of some sort mm-hmm. and henry fought for that not to happen and i think that was the right choice uh i imagine there's a lot of butting heads over there and yeah. as we'll get to in a minute it seems like there are also a lot of people that are there that don't even like the source material yeah it's just it's, it's oh, just such a... out, sorry i was gonna pull Go this ahead. up we put out a poll asking people uh we got almost three we've gotten almost three thousand votes since this started uh because i i I tweeted out the news and i think you put out a poll yes uh and it says will you watch season four of the witcher without henry 82 percent of three thousand people i mean take that for what you will yeah said no there was like one point what was the uh there's there's a uh movie channel i follow on um uh twitter and i think they had like um, over a million people vote and like a majority 80 something percent said no yeah about so, uh, well, that's watching good. it and it's that means that our uh our sample of people is an accurate sample then yep uh so it, yeah it, it it's really interesting that's like it's not even close yeah which is something to it, say right i mean we have i think we have Generally, with the people that have either watched our stuff and commented, or they've they they sub to us, um, it's the diverse thought as far as the things that they like. I, I, I mean, the troll room is constantly um, telling us that we're wrong about Snyder. You know, there's <laughs> things that that we disagree with with the people that sub to our mm-hmm. channel and they like to listen to our content, which I love. Um, right. And it's when a group of people is that in unison of being like, no. <laughs> Yeah. And we did have a lot this of people. This is a bad decision. Yeah, Y'all we, are idiots. <laughs> we had a lot of people say, well, I, I only watched a couple episodes or, you know, I watched the first season and then started the second season. You know, people have already fallen off because of the story mm-hmm. and the direction that they've taken characters and pushing characters to the forefront and characters m- making decisions that were out of character for them. I mean, there's most of it's around the character writing or the story. For a lot of people and then this is just that nail in the coffin of well Cavill's out after season three and people are like well why am I going to watch it then like no yeah. no offense Liam but it's not the same thing no it's not <laughs> kind of you, you might as well change the show to entitle it Yennefer yeah they should <laughs> they should at that point just kill off Geralt and have Liam be some new I'm I'm surprised that would be better. Yeah, it was. uh, I'm sorry. I was wrong on the amount. Two hundred one thousand people voted. 
uh, 81.9% voted no, they won't, they're not going to watch uh, yeah. The Witcher. So it's still in line with what we said. So, Oh, and uh, yeah, Whoopa mentioned this too. Of course, Superman is coming up. Uh, he, he's still scheduled to do Highlander. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard today that there's a spy movie that he might be working on. Not, not Bond. Uh, but, you know, it, it, I doubt that the money is the best. And if the work environment for him in, on something that he loves, like source material that he loves. Mm-hmm. By the way, just as a side note, did you see the thing from an interview where someone asked him about what he thought about Rings of Power? And he gave, no, I didn't. Dude, he basically was like, yeah, it's beautiful. And that one girl, what's her name? She seems great. <laughs> that was basically <laughs> what he said. And you could tell he was like, "Why did you ask me that?" Like, you could see that he he's like, "I am not touching. I'm not touching this." <laughs> yeah, gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. Yeah, man. In that industry, um, um, man. I, I, yeah, I just I don't understand. I don't, you know, them trying to say. I, I think that for Henry, if I can speak for him, which I can, I don't know him, but, <laughs> he knows uh, him personally, guys. Henry, I'm going to speak for you in case man. you're watching this. I know you're a big fan of our content. Uh, but I would say it has less to do with these other projects and more to do. It, it's it's something it's layered, right? So no one else on that from everything we can understand cares about the source material, right? They're not trying to be faithful and stick to the author's vision. So because of that, because of these things, you know, he's right. Well, I have these other projects going on that I enjoy more. He probably took a pay cut to do the Witcher and he's like, I'm just going to hang it up and yeah. go, and do this that's that in my opinion that's what i would imagine it was well, yeah and we've we've talked about it in the past the actors do it all the time where they will take a pay cut for something that they really care about mm-hmm. you know you have at the time two of the biggest actors in uh a movie about divorce yep. adam driver and scarlett johansson you know you have black widow and uh shoot i don't even remember what his name kylo ren you know they're in these massive franchises at the time, and they probably took whatever the minimum was that they're 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 able to get paid for a film, uh, and did oh, shoot. I actually really liked that movie too. The name what, of, uh, the name of it slipped in my mind. Marriage Story. That's what it Marriage is. Marriage Story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, actors do it if they like a role, and it's it, honestly it's good to see sometimes because then you know there's more to them than just sort of being in like a big budget movie if they're willing to do those like smaller mm. projects you could almost to a degree you could almost say the same thing about the terminal list with chris pratt yeah um and it might just be my bias of television doesn't have the same sort of um impact as like movies do does that make sense i don't know what the yeah. word i'm looking for is but i don't i for it, it was for the longest time tv was just this thing you kind of watched and then movies, that's where the celebrities were, and that's where the big money was, and yeah. um, and all of that. So with I still kind of look oh, at that Oh, I get way. what you're saying. Yeah, but I still kind of look at it that way. Dragon, well, that's the thing, is things have changed. Game of Thrones yeah. is one of the things that changed that. Stranger Things changed that. Yep. <laughs> you know, but you the see Rings when Power that, changed yeah, that I was gonna say, the you, worst. It goes, t- goes too far when you put a billion dollars into a show like Rings of Power, and it's terrible. <laughs> Dude, imagine spending a billion dollars. And creating one of the worst shows ever. (laughs) 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 Uh, That's Uh, just too good. I'm going to spend all this money. Chances are there's probably a high likelihood it's at least going to be good, right? Like, 
and then you just completely bomb it. <laughs> wow. Talk about like just making a complete blunder, man. Like even we like this is the thing. When people criticize us, well, you've never directed a movie. You've never written a script. You've never done it. I'm like, guys, yeah, I haven't. I could do better than that crap, though. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's not... It is, I'm sure there's m- more to it than I could even imagine, there's right? There's not, but, though. I, man... But, I mean, at the same time, it's I can't do worse than that. Yeah, so the biggest... <laughs> just from... That, that's my thing. It's like, listen, I may not be the best... But I'm at least better than them. And if I'm able to see and notice these things, if we are, and we're, and, and, and on, on a more serious note, if we who don't have that level of experience as these people should, right? I, I say these people. I mean all the people that are working behind the scenes on the Rings of Power, right? And to be fair, we have as much experience as the showrunners did. Uh, but and, and what, we exper- can these what experience they, exactly. they got con- I mean. projects constantly rejected for 10 years <laughs> yeah that's what i mean but if we can notice these things then that just at the same time should this show is, how bad you know your production is but let me hang I think on. that's let me, the same thing with this way let me put it this Witcher. way with that okay go ahead with what you were saying you can now you're not going to be able to make game of thrones probably money wise you can at this point in the world that we live in go online spend a hundred bucks start learning i mean maybe not even you could probably get on youtube and find most of the the material you needed Mm -hmm. you know but maybe spend a little bit of money you can learn how cinematography works you can learn how basic script writing works you could buy a book on basic script writing i've got a couple i own a couple of them (laughs) there's a youtube channel i'll follow that uh teaches you yeah there's there is material out there to learn how to do that and apparently all you need is at least at maybe not even this much i forget how much kevin smith spent but i know that there's this horror movie that's been in the theaters that's done like uh, a, a, a lot like 25 million or, or maybe even more than that, maybe 200 million. I'm looking right now. As soon as I find it, I'll let you know. But, and it only, they only, the entire budget was 250,000. Yeah. And I, I'm telling you, man, look at, okay. So you have all of that. And mm-hmm. let's say that you take the drinker, for instance, the dude he's now, he is a prolific writer. The guy's got like six or seven books, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he puts up a uh, Kickstarter or whatever the whatever whatever version of that that he that he used for this project that right. um, he is signing off on. He's writing the script for uh, for a short film for one of his books for his first book, I think. Um, he within and like a couple hours, not only funds it, but he's I think the last time I checked, and this was uh, like four or five days ago, he was at a, like a quarter of a million almost. Yep. For a short film. So this is the thing is it's possible and we talk about it all the time uh, on the show where the decentralization of entertainment, whether we're talking about comics, movies, books, uh, television, what have you, is possible. Mm-hmm. It's definitely yeah. possible. And independence, the way to go. Yeah. And there are people who in certain instances will be able to or will be willing to fund that. Yep. Um, but you can go out and make 
independent films. You can write scripts if you want to and potentially sell them. Now, that doesn't mean that your script is actually going to get used properly if it ever makes it into uh, its hands into someone who wants to turn it into something. That happens all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. But this stuff is possible. Uh, and so for, for people to be out there, it's like, well, you've never you've never done this. And, uh, you know, Whoopa said it in the chat. He says, I hate it when people say stuff like that. Uh, same with sports. You talk trash, but you can't make that play. Yeah, I can't. Doesn't mean I can't recognize that an athlete did a bad job. Yep. I, it, I, don't... I go back to the thing of it, people like to uh, bring up, you know, it, experience. You have to have done the job. And it's like, well, do I have to, you know, have tried cocaine in order to know that it's bad you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean you know do i have to know that getting in the face do i have to get hit in the face to understand that hey you know what getting in the face probably hurts you know what's really funny i've seen other people get hit in the face you know what i mean yeah and so it kind of goes well, I, I was I think you have to have that experience in order to understand when someone as whoopa did in chat made a bad throw or a bad decision or a bad move or you know messed up on the script here or directing or editing, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a, an extreme example, but it's it's like if a boom mic was in a shot, and then mm -hmm. you you recognize that and you make fun of it, and they go, "What you think you could do better?" It's like at holding my hands up for a long time, yeah. like you know what I mean? It, it, that's that's like a an easy shot or straw man or whatever. Yeah. But still, um, but what's really funny is you mentioned the cocaine thing. I've been watching Breaking Bad. Uh, and finally, at Nerporial is actually the reason I'm doing this because he's been talking about Better Call Saul, and uh, I was like, I finally need to go through Breaking Bad. It's like it's just one of those weird things that's been on my list uh, that everyone loves, and I just haven't watched the entire thing. Mm. Um, and so I'm finally doing it, and there's an episode where Walter, I think, is talking about how he doesn't want to go home smelling like meth. Mm -hmm. And I had to look up what does meth smell like because I had no I had no context for it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Which was funny because you were like, I don't need to know, you know, yeah. that coke's bad to, or you know that it can be harmful to you. And uh, and I was, I was just thinking, I, was like, I don't know what meth smells like. Apparently, it smells like ammonia. From what oh, I, I I quickly what I quickly Googled. Anyway, yeah. But anyway, but even to the point, being able to have the experience does give you certain benefits and knowledge and understanding that. Not having that experience, you know, uh, does. But again, does it still doesn't mean that you can't recognize something as being bad or wrong or could have been better. Oh, um, yeah. And the movie I was referring to is the Ter Terrifier Two. It passed on October thirtieth. It passed seven point six million at the box office on a two hundred fifty thousand budget, and uh, I think it's going to get nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> wow! I need to. I guess I need to see it. I've seen the first one. It's. That's um, the people of Oregon. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's yeah. great. Ter yeah. Terrifier, or the original Terrifier, is uh, it's a movie. People Ooh. really like it, but they like it for the villain or like the Terrifier more than or the clown. I think the clown might actually have a name uh, more than anything else because it's not. It's a little bit of a slog. Yeah. Um. But that's. Oh, I that's mean, okay. that's kind of crazy. Two hundred fifty thousand thousand dollars budget. That's crazy. Yeah. That's some money they brought in. Uh, yeah. I, well, people are desperate to go see something good for Halloween, I think, too. It's that season. And the, yeah. the, the you know, Halloween. It was Halloween. So maybe we ends, should do it. Make a horror movie. I have. Mm -hmm. I have. I've been. Occasionally, I write down little uh, things where I'm like, like concepts or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's one that somebody at uh, work kind of like got me. uh 
on like thinking about and uh i've gotta i gotta i gotta look like think about it a little bit more mm-hmm. um because it's it seems interesting in my head but in like a practical way to to make it work i don't I think we I don't could know make if it's possible film. i think we can make a film i don't know if there's i would a, go dude, the horror a, route i wouldn't want to go that lot. route i'd rather go another route there's a lot that goes into it yeah because it's not like two people can just start making something and then it yeah of you course. know you have to have it yeah. you have to have a team really if, yeah. you, if you want to do something and and, and do your your best at it um i mean it's not like drinker with this thing he's not the one that's going to be like filming and i he's probably yeah. he's directing but he is he's going to be over the writing and that's that's a big that's an important thing um you have to have certain pieces come together because we're at a point now where you can put a camera up there because people you know people were saying that about rings of power it's like oh it looks really good it's like yeah but ca- cameras are just good now i mean they yep. all of them look really good it's and when it's, you spend a billion dollars it better be good that's my thing like that's visually, the expectation yeah i'm not gonna applaud you for doing what's expected you know what i mean so yeah well uh, let's but, let's get into the rest of this yeah um we've do you want it, to it's it's your turn you, you well, talk about this one <laughs> yeah we kind of already discussed this but mentioned this when we were talking about uh, Henry Cavill getting replaced, but behind the scenes, a former producer came out and claimed that some of the writers actively disliked the books and the games. And again, you watch the show, and you watch plenty of movies and TV shows in Hollywood, just like with the Rings of Power, and just Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, and, and more. It's clear that the people behind the scenes do not care and respect the source material. And so when you actively dislike something, it's just going to make for... Generally speaking, I would say nine times out of ten, it's probably going to make for bad TV show and movie, you know. And again, yeah. I think it, it, it. And here's the thing: it's because a lot of these people are, you know, coming from the perspective of I need to push my ideology instead of telling a good story. Even if they didn't like the source material and they're like, I just want to tell a good story, they could probably still make something that's better than what's being, you know. Uh, produced now but yeah it's just I mean I'm not surprised you know what I mean yeah it's interesting too because the article says that uh, DeMaio who worked on The Witcher early on I think Mm -hmm. writer on the uh, a former producer and writer on The Witcher he said uh, in a and a uh, he discussed the role of as the showrunner of the upcoming X-Men 97 Disney Plus series. So, good luck, sir. Uh, Speaking about how he assembled the production team for the project, he revealed that those involved had to be a fan of the material, which you had mentioned earlier, and I was like, I know I read that somewhere recently. (laughs) forgot it was right here. Uh, Because that hasn't always been his experience. says, "I've I've been on shows, namely The Witcher, where some of the writers were not or actively disliked the books and games, even actively mocking the source material. And don't get me wrong, I mean, some of the source material is a little like, you know, you can tell that um, Sapowski's uh, hormones are a little, like they go a little crazy in the same way like Mm -hmm. you read some of the stuff from George and you're like, dang man, (laughs) it's okay to poke fun at the material, I think, but the, the respect for what, the material is and how popular it is especially like you talk about the games taking the witcher series into the stratosphere um, yeah you know and then he says uh to explained it's a receipt for disaster and bad morale fandom as a litmus test checks ego and makes all the long nights worth it uh you have to respect the work before you're allowed to add 
to its legacy. Um, you think that would just be standard? You know, I think that's what where Lord of the Rings being the, in my opinion, the best trilogy ever made, even objectively speaking, is having people behind the scenes, every everyone involved, passionate about the source material, right? Caring about what they're doing. And I think, you know, it goes a long way. It does. Uh, but at least if you're going to not care about the source material, at least you can care about, hey, what did the author intend? What's their spirit? And how can I just make a good story from this? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, they, and that's that should be the case is that we, like he's saying in this, you want people to be fans. And this should be the mindset of everyone writing. And I, I wouldn't say everyone involved in a production because if you're like mm -hmm. the lighting guy, yeah, it doesn't really matter. I, I, I but think the main that, pieces, you know. If, yeah, if you're the the if you're on the main, I, you could say the main production team. But if you're directing, if you're writing, if you're the showrunners in particular, um, and even some of the set pieces, yeah, art design, the actors, you know, costume, even acting, if, even if the actors aren't aware of the material, you would think that part of the process take we'll just stick with the witcher um would be read some of the source material play the witcher 3 L like do a little research or have some material ready for your actors and be like you need to understand why this is so important you need to understand why the witcher 3 sold as well as it did mm. why people care about this you could i don't know you could get a hold of some people who are massive witcher fans right. and just get them into conversations with the people who are involved with the project like take some of your biggest creators maybe not all the big creators because we know how that worked out with yeah. some of the lord of the rings stuff <laughs> lord there's there's a way to certain professors involved in that. yeah there's a way to do some of this to show good faith to the people that you are going to be trying to sell this product to yeah and, zach brings up a good point he said in the troll room uh, the fans can read your intentions as a writer. If you're trying and missing, they'll probably forgive you. If you're showing a level of care, you know what I mean? Yeah, because I think even with, uh, and <laughs> yeah, even with Game of Thrones, for a while people were like, "Well, we know that they're not going to be able to put everything in." But then, as time continued to go on, and they kept missing the mark and kept missing the mark. And things got weirder and characters started making decisions that didn't make sense. Uh, you know, it. we saw what happened. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, when you have writers. So take, uh, so Taika Waititi, one of the reasons a lot of Marvel fans uh, got mad with him is because he was basically like, screw your source material. I can't remember what the exact tweet was, but it was kind of like, screw your source material. I'm going to do whatever I want. And that seems to be a common mentality in the industry. That it's not about making what was already there. They want to take mm. a product and turn it into what they want it to be. Yeah. So we see that with Galadriel and with Rings of Power. Yeah. That's what I think it is. Yeah. I think it's writers. She, dude, She-Hulk she -Hulk. was oh. a massive example of that. Um, it, I, I only watched the first episode, but I'm... I, 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 there is a, an argument... That the source material for She-Hulk was 
absolutely raked over the coals worse than rings of power just mm. because of who was involved yeah. at the very like the showrunners for rings of power at least attempted to like put up a farce you know like to put yeah. on a front of what was going yeah. on sorry not a farce but yeah they were putting on a front for what it was going to be and be like no 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 it's we promise like it's going to be all of these things where the she-hulk riders it, they basically kept putting middle fingers up to people who are either fans of the MCU, fans of the comics, just fans of She-Hulk, whatever the case may be, and they're just like, screw all of you. Uh, and the, inter- the internet reacted appropriately to it, and the fans yeah. reacted appropriately. We're just like, nah, screw you. Like, why would we like your thing? Yeah. Um, and I've, I've heard quite a number of people say this, but, you know, the, the biggest way to show like a screw you to the fans and also like please them at the same time is to make something good <laughs> like yep. make us go dang man we were wrong you know yeah, house, house kinda, of the dragon man house of the dragon yeah, for a lot of people yeah that's a good point i don't know if we really covered it prior i think we did briefly but i mean we were surprised because we were not expecting it to be good at all no with the promotion of everything and that guy who who was like this is the best first episode of television ever yeah. you remember that so yeah i do, I do remember yeah we did yeah. we did cover of it yeah the best first episode of television it wasn't that but it did end up being a really good series um anyway before yeah, we so. before before we get into our movie review uh i i want to mention this really quickly um this is an article that uh, IGN put out uh, it says George R. Martin and Neil Gaiman agree be faithful to the source material so I was shocked to read this especially coming from IGN <laughs> um, yeah. well, it's and, like the world's uh, going back like that pendulum is uh, the, swinging backwards yeah, I think now Neil Gaiman yeah. is an interesting one because he I'm pretty Neil sure who? Neil Gaiman so he wrote okay. Sandman Yep. Um, he wrote, a, I think it's called Norse. He, he, he's a prolific writer. He's done a ton of stuff. He did yeah. um, American Gods. Um, oh, shoot. I know some people in, in the troll room are going to tell me some of his more popular stuff, too. Those are just some of the more recent yeah. ones. Too bad um, the same man's bad. Yeah. So, well, and it's not getting it. Uh, he kind of, he was weird about that one where he was heavily involved in that and then kind of turned his back on it i don't trust him at this point at least as far as his his opinions are concerned yeah um i listened to an interview uh that he did a couple of years ago and i found some of his writing techniques really interesting uh he talked about one that he picked up from uh the guy who wrote the james bond books mm-hmm. where he essentially will fly to like a rural town and get a hotel room so that he can actually sit and write because then there's nothing to distract him because it's not like he's going to go out on the town and like do anything and you know he's just in this like hotel room and so he can stay focused so he said some stuff in in the past that i've i found interesting but his takes on like rings of power and some some other things recently it's been it's been pretty bad um but yeah so let's see on thursday night the two held a conversation about their work at New York City Symphony Space, speaking about their careers and Martin's new book, uh, The Rise of the Dragon. So another book that isn't The Winds of Winter. (laughs) Uh, How faithful do you have to be? Some people don't feel that they have to be faithful at all, Martin said. According to Variety's recap of the event, uh, there's this phrase that goes around, I'm going to make it my own, like we've been talking about. Uh, I hate that phrase, and I think Neil probably hates that phrase too. 
even though I'm, this is what's conf- like where it gets a little bit confusing because he's, you know, he's he's kind of getting Neil into this, um, but then it's like their own, maybe it's just their own material because they realize that, and when it comes to something like Tolkien, maybe they're not or Neil in particular isn't as up to date. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to be a little bit generous here. Yeah. Um, I do, Gaiman said. I spent 30 years watching people make Sandman their own, and some of those people hadn't ever read Sandman. So it's interesting he says that, considering what we've been getting with a lot of this material recently. Right. Um, and the what he did on the production of that. like He, he allowed them to change certain aspects of that show, uh, which I, th- I thought was kind of interesting. Um, let's see. Where was I? Sandman their own. While the duo agreed that the people behind the adaptations often dishonor their source materials, Martin later clarified that it's impossible for adaptations to stay fully faithful, which you and I have talked about. Um, for some reason, people always think that we're purists when it comes to this stuff, even mm-hmm. though you you and I have both said over and over and over again for a number of different reasons, that especially pacing. I think pacing is your strongest argument when you talk about an adaptation from a book to a movie. Uh, yeah. If done properly, your pacing has to work a certain way because otherwise your audience is going to be bored out of their minds, something that the showrunners for Rings of Power could have considered when they were making that show. Mm. Um, uh, there are changes that you have to make or that you're called upon to make that I think are legitimate. Legitimate, And Martin knows this, and I, I, can't, I don't think we... Uh, we talked about um, uh, Viserys... In last week but I don't think we ever played the clip of Martin talking about how he basically just outright said what they did on the show was better than the source material <laughs> with him <laughs> they turned him into a character they turned him into this uh, and this eight episode arc of a series is some of it's one of the best character writing or some of the best character writing I've seen in a long time uh, mm-hmm. it, it's something that for me and the, you could say this is a little bit subjective but it is something that I will hold on to as a something to point to in the future as this is how you write a character. This is good. This is yep. how you make them complex. It's like, sure, like you and I have said, there's there's some uh, some things that we wish that they had done to make it a little bit stronger early on, but it's still fantastic, and it, and it comes yeah. to a great conclusion. I, like Even thinking about it, I'm like actually excited about something, so it's, dang, man. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's nice um, to have something to look forward to. Now, of course, still we're trepidatious because sometimes when these season twos come out and they can take a sharp turn, you know what I mean? Yes. It's uh, not like that has happened before with Game of Thrones and other shows. Most but of... But we, we're sorry, hopeful and we're excited. Yeah. And we haven't been able to say that for a while. Yeah. I, I Well, it's, it's the same thing with Arcane. There's a little bit of concern. Yes. As anything goes that... It's gonna go in a direction that starts getting too preachy, or you know, just some mis- you know, you have some mistakes like uh, you know, episode nine of House of the Dragon, where you know they they murder a bunch of people, and then the showrunners and the writers are like, "Oh, we didn't really think about that," and you're like, "Ah, why? <laughs> like, what were you doing?" Mm. Uh, there's always there's always those problems, but I'm I'm still hopeful that the uh, the show the show both House of the Dragon and Arcane they understand at this point what people like they they listen to people beyond just the spectacle of certain things, um, and we get just solid work going forward at least from two two things you know what I mean. Um, 
Anyway, so mm. it, most of this looks like it's Martin talking about this, and ga- I, so I don't know, man. I, I'd actually have to see the uh, uh, the thing in person, you know, the actual like them talking about this. See how like Neil is reacting and what he what he what he's saying. Uh, yeah. Sometimes when it's written down, it's kind of hard to to know for sure. Anyway, is there anything else you wanted to say about that before we get nope. into this next? Topic? I'm ready to get into it. All right, uh, light spoilers. Uh, I think that we're we're gonna talk about uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, just released. I say let's just on get Netflix. into it. Let's just you know. Spoiler yeah. alert! We'll, let's Spoiler try to, alert! Let's try to keep it's just gonna some be of it. Let's try to keep some of the bigger stuff till the end. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's spoilers. I, yeah, you really can't talk about a lot of the movie past the first like thirty minutes without getting into some of that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we're going to talk about All Quiet on the Western Front. Before we do, let's just give our... General thoughts. Well, uh, Would you recommend it? Yeah, I'd recommend it. Okay. So yeah, I, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, it's I, be, it's this, I, think, I think it's the best foreign war movie I've seen. And it's one of the, it's one of the better foreign movies I've ever seen. I really enjoyed it. Yes, I... Man, I'm I'm still there was some stuff I'm still going through. Mm-hmm. Uh I recommend it. I think it's one of the better things on Netflix, like I was telling you before we started. Uh I can actually recommend something on Netflix. Now, if you're not into war movies, if you're not into stuff that is very depressing might not be it's kind of depressing yeah it, the, it's depressing it's heavy it's a heavy it, it's, yeah man what's that remember when we watched that movie with adam driver and the chick from killing eve what's her name and uh matt damon in it what was it the last night or something like that whatever oh something. yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. It, it starts with a v and i thought about it the other day we, uh, I remember, the, last, movie, the last duel the, the last, last duel. duel that movie oh, man what's that word that starts with it's not vitriol it's not vivid uh, visceral visceral that's is that it. the word you're looking for yep it's it's very visceral this uh this movie is and i enjoy it I, the 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 heavy tones of it the reality of what war is and i think the it's perfect timing too with everything that's been going on between russia and ukraine and just really people can see it does a good job of seeing the reality of war and you, you the narrative of it is you know, these kids start out as, man, I want to go into the war. It's going to be great. They're gung ho. And then reality quickly sets in for them. And, you know, you by the end of the movie, you see what the, the toll it has taken on them. And I think it goes into some shell shock, PTSD in it and a, a lot of good subplots and themes and undertones in the movie as well. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it yeah, a I did too. Times. I may have teared up a couple times too. <laughs> I was, I was. I, I, you definitely, you definitely liked it more than I did. Um, I agree with everything you're saying. I think just more on a, a personal level, it didn't get me, um, quite as much as some other stuff has. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it probably wouldn't like make my top, my personal top three war movies mm-hmm. like aren't. War movies are tough for me um, because you get uh, – I, I think a lot of it rely – a lot of it relies on the pacing um, because the story itself 
you kind of get an automatic pass because a lot of it happens. So there's not, unless the people creating it just mm-hmm. do a terrible job with the the plotting, you know, and mm-hmm. they just like skip stuff, and you're like, wait, how did we get here? Like what? Which I don't think happens very often. Uh, most most war movies that I've seen are are pretty solid. Um, right. I I don't know how people think about the one that um, Christopher Nolan made a few years ago. Uh, yeah. the name of it slipped in my mind. Uh, I, I that one kind of came, in, came uh, and went. England. Yeah. Uh, Dunkirk. 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 That's it just it, yeah. sometimes it takes me a second. Mine's got to like run through the you know the library. Um, there's stuff I liked about that one, and it's actually stuff that I liked about this as well. Uh, that this almost borderline feels like a horror movie. Yeah, uh, it's it's the, very gruesome. The soundtrack. Oh, the, I like the, the way that I, I I'm mixed on some of it. And I'll, I'll tell you specifically the thing that kind of annoyed me in a, in a minute. But uh, I think for the most part, it does a really good job of setting the tone and the atmosphere of what not only war was like for a lot of the conscripts. So, the you know, these mm-hmm. people who are the peasants. Yeah, they're they're the, the kid, these kids or just the men who have relatively normal lives. And, you know, we see that through one of the characters in particular. Um and uh, it just, it's not, the movie is not hopeful at all, which is fine. Nope. Um, and I I, I like think- the, the theme, for once, and I, you know, something else I don't say very often. I like the themes in this because you get a lot of imagery of these, in the opening, um, this is the, this, this, this first scene, you get a lot of this imagery of how chaotic it is. Um, mm-hmm. people don't know what's going on. People are dying around them. Um, and this is really setting the scene for everything that's going on in the movie. Yep. Foreshadowing, um, right? Yes. Of, 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 of what you're about to see. Yes. And I, I, I like a lot of that and, um, we'll get into to some of the themes later on. Um, but follow up thoughts. Yeah. So man, I, it's definitely heavy and i agree with you spoilers. I, I think i do think spoilers the, from now on too by the way yeah, so we're we're I, watch it definitely a recommend and then we're we're because we have to talk about like even if it's in vague terms we there's certain things that happen throughout the movie that we have to be able to talk about yeah, so. well, let's just talk about it let's yeah. not even worry about that's what we do take things frame by frame <laughs> uh but without having to feel any pressure so hey last warning it's going to be total spoilers talk about everything if you haven't seen it and you want to watch it before we spoil it now's the time to cut off the review and, and go watch it it's a great movie recommend it i do think to follow up with your thoughts i do think that uh the soundtrack could have been better even though i liked it yeah but i will There's, say that it's sorry go ahead. i it's a world war one movie it's based on world war one and i enjoy the fact that it's from the German perspective in World War uh-huh. One, which I think is the route, you know, a, a better route to take than doing the German perspective well, of World War Two. Yes, That's a, a little bit more difficult to, uh, to, to to put on screen and get people to come see. But great way to create controversy, it though. Has, it has been done, and you had mentioned the the pianist, the pianist. before, and there is another one. Oh, I don't know. Tell me, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. And I know, I know, Taika Waititi is controversial, but 
up until that point, like most. Go to Rabbit's a good movie. Yeah, the stuff that he has done before, I will. I will defend what we do in the shadows, Hunt for the Wilder People, and Jojo Rabbit. Oh, that's a good movie, um, Hunt for the Wilder People. And to a degree, Thor Ragnarok. Other than that, yeah. Yes, I understand that the the guy's got a massive ego. Everyone in the industry does, and yes, Love and Thunder is arguably an awful film. So <laughs> I, I understand why people hate him. He's yeah. made some good movies. Anyway, anyway, sorry. So, so we don't really have many, to my knowledge, many war movies from the German perspective, specifically regarding World War One. And I think you know it's not even one of the things I enjoyed is they didn't do. Uh, the Germans are the bad guys or the Allied forces are the bad guys. Really kind of what you get is that general um, at the end. He's the one that's kind of more of what you, a quote-unquote villain uh, because of, and even with him, you kind of see, the funny thing is being, knowing the history of this, and I specifically took, uh, one of my favorite classes I took in college was uh, um, the history of World War II, but in order to understand World War II, uh, the, from the diplomacy side, we had to understand it, uh, World War One and the diplomacy of that. Yeah. And so knowing the context that the Treaty of Versailles is one of the primary instigators of World War Two um, and that that German commander uh, captain or general in this actually ended up being right on when he was speaking about the uh, uh, Democrat, whatever his, his, his counterparts within the German government. Um, there are some things he was right on that, hey, if we take this route, this is what's going to happen. That actually ends up happening and in, in leading the World War II because they were forced to accept these horrific terms that uh, never before in Europe that a defeating country had had to accept. Uh-huh. And so, well, so yeah, any, anyway. that's When you talk about that, one of the things that's so cool is that the themes in it, you, you're getting the, the perspective of this has to end – Mm-hmm. There's no for Germany in in this. There is no uh, no good outcome. Yeah, they stay in. They're essentially wiping out their youth. Yep. Because they, they you even see it at the end of the movie that they're still conscripting uh, a lot of the youth into the army, into their yeah. into their military. And what you get those perspective you get the perspective and sort of this theme about those like the haves and the have nots to a degree. Mm-hmm. Where all of the they yep, they they, can, they consider the um the those who are younger and then those who like can't read or have jobs that may not be and and this is all scattered throughout like it's not it's not really specifically stated that I can remember mm-hmm. it's all kind of like visual storytelling you yeah mm-hmm. and it, some of it should be pretty obvious but you know and so you have like the kids right so. Um, they they show this entire scene at the beginning where a young man is going through um, uh, the front lines uh, on the I believe on the Western Front I think that's like the whole yeah. theme that they're getting yep. at he's on the front lines and then um, he dies and we follow and I actually really like this so I love the opening of this movie uh, we essentially follow his jacket <laughs> through yes yeah we follow the jacket through to when um to when it's getting repacked the main protagonist yeah. is going to to get the same jacket and there's a, a, a like a bullet hole so the details are really nice like there's a bullet hole in it and they show how um, the women are um, patching, it, patching up. it up and then we meet our main cast pretty much our main cast of characters there's, there's a few yep. that you don't meet till later on um, maybe it's just me 
I was having a really hard time kind of keeping up with all of the individual characters in this. No, I had um, a hard time too. I, I, I think it's because of the foreign language, though. It's possible it's that. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with that for now. Um, the I, subtitles for me moved really fast where I'd have to pause and rewind so I could... And, and again, that takes you a bit out of the immersion when you have to do that. Jake said failed artists in the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when you have... I think from with this film, one of the things that did annoy me was how fast the subtitles were moving to where I couldn't mm, read them fast enough. Yeah, you got to get uh, good, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess I do. Uh, gotta, I told you, you got to start watching anime. That'll that'll fix your problem. <laughs> and I'm just like, guys, just 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 a hair longer. I, now, I felt I, like I was always like I a, understand. A, a hair behind, like a like yeah. 0.2 seconds behind. Sometimes the subtitles don't linger the way that they need to. I, I think that is a completely fair, fair thing to say. Um, but yeah, I, I it's like not the entire movie. It's just at specific times. Uh, I, I like the opening. I, they do a really good job of showing how most of these young men are complete. Well, that's not the young men completely brainwashed. Frame. Well, they're <laughs> yeah, they, they've essentially been told that th- them going to the front line is this like great honor that they'll go that you know that things will be great for them yeah, and they're being lied to uh, yeah, and it, that it's just about throwing bodies out it's yeah. as many bodies as they can possibly uh, muster to try to push forward um, yep. and you know I, I don't mind a I, I think that uh, 1917 also did a good job of this um, they're showing the horrors of war yeah um, the, the reality you know, of it. Yeah, the end of the movie does a really good job of just kind of recapping, like, hey, this is how many people died during the war. They only managed to get, what was it, like 100 meters in either direction on the front yep. line the the entire time. Um, for both sides. What, at you being the history major, what was the uh, the time frame for World War I? Ooh. Because it ended night, in ni- 1918, is that right? Is that when this yeah, ends? Yeah, I want to say... I wasn't sure if they ever gave us, like, the, the, op- the opening date for it. Um, and it... I don't remember. <laughs> Let me see. I don't remember either. Was it nineteen fourteen to eighteen? Yep, nineteen fourteen to eighteen. 14 to 18. Okay. Okay. So this yeah. takes place roughly, but in the middle to the end. Yeah. Literally to the end, which is something yep. I thought was a, a was really cool. I don't know if you see that very often in war movies, where you're, I think it's about nineteen sixteen when it when it starts because uh, there's a point to where it forwards two years, I believe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right in the middle. Um, and you know, so we're getting all of this. Paul is our main character. It's like the one person's name that I remember from yeah. the movie. He's the only one I remember. Um, and name wise, um, and his his friend who his friend with glasses who we'll see in in, in a minute that um I, I I was trying to keep track of everyone's names. I did a terrible job doing it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was difficult to do. And so this is the jacket. And yep. he, I think he even notices in this shot that it belonged. He he says to the uh, this guy, he's like, "Hey, this jacket belonged to someone else because it had I think the guy's name was like Heimrich or something like that, yeah. and it was in uh, inside the jacket." And I was just like, "Okay," I was like, "No matter where this movie goes, I can at least give it credit for doing something ish- interesting in the opening." Um, yep. And the fact that not only does he say that, but the, the the guy that's in charge over here who's sending him off is basically like, oh, no, you don't need to worry about that. It, no, it's yeah. not his jacket anymore. It's not important. I think he rips out the tag. Um, yeah. So very, and very it, interesting. It, it shoots to his uh, 
his buddy. The camera pans to the guy's foot, I think, at the end of this scene. And you see all the other tags that he has ripped out of uh, everyone else's names. Oh, that's the other right. Jacket. That's right. He and does I was like, do man, that. I love that touch. It just, it sets the reality in. You know, you get right away, you know, hey, a, a ton of people have died at this point. The, the details. Oh, yeah. Let's see. I just saw it. Yeah. Let you just had it. Try to go back. Ugh. This is what happens when I don't record things. Anyway, you're right. It's it's a yeah. great little detail. Um, and I, I don't know if uh, I can only play this for like a couple seconds. At a time. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll get. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Heinrich, I was right. Or was kind of close to that guy. Netflix, name. if you're watching this, we like this movie. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's Please. Yeah, yeah. It's totally <laughs> fine. Uh, we're, we're far enough in that it's probably okay. Um, yeah. So really great. And it just, all of the lead up, you know, he's got, he's got his, you know, his friend with glasses, um, who's important. Um, his, uh, his other buddies that are there. So it's like him and three of his, his friends. Right. Um, they've, they've gone to school together and, and they're now setting out to go out to the front lines together. And it's interesting. And this kid had a, the, our main Paul, our main protagonist, he had to uh, forge his parents' signature uh, in order to join the war. And so it's very much, you know, they're, they're told right before they get their clothes, as we said, that honor and respect is tied to this. Uh, uh-huh. And man, it just right away, uh, they get this close, they have this positive outlet. They think, hey, I think they made the comment, we're going to be doing this for two weeks and then we'll be out of here, right? Yeah. Um, and you should just see that naive uh, thought process they have and how they've been suckered into thinking these ill-advised concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they. it's very... <laughs> Uh, yeah, they very much love their their country. I, I was yeah. I was talking to somebody about this before, and it's it's you know this mentality of kind of like king and country, and we're we're going off to to fight for them, and most of them don't realize that they're basically being used for their bodies. Like that's mm-hmm. that's essentially what's going on. But they they have uh, manipulated them in a way to make them believe that this is like the best thing that they can be doing right now. Yeah. Um, they even say like, they even mess with Paul, his friends mess with him where they're like, Oh yeah, you're, I think he says like, Oh, your mom just wants you to stay home or whatever, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, and you realize that his mother was probably right. Yep. Um, so yeah, they're heading off to the Western front at this point. They're yeah. on the supply line and gonna, heading to, Go ahead. I was going to move up to this part right here, um, like you were saying, because they're heading up, and this is kind of the first moment that they realize they kind of get shook in, like shook into reality. Yeah, with right the art- artillery fire, mm-hmm. and um, it's interesting. You see in this moment, like you know, the captain, uh, you know, tells everyone to put on their gas masks, and uh, Paul helps his friend put his on before he puts himself on, and the captain says, "You're not going to last um, two weeks. You're going to die." Yeah, and, and just that that grim reality well, setting in. What's what's interesting too is that he helps his friend first. Yeah. So he helps his friend put on his his gas mask, and so the all of all his, his like uh this this guy who's talking to him when he says like oh you're gonna be like the first to die or whatever he doesn't understand he he I guess he didn't see what happened because he he doesn't specifically state that he saw what Paul did. So you can, mm-hmm. I guess you could take it either way, right? Okay. And for me, that was a moment of like, oh, his buddy is in trouble. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that Paul yep. is necessarily the one that's in trouble, even though you could read into it and say, um, 
if you help your friends out here, that could cost you your life. Mm-hmm. It, it's completely reasonable to believe that too. The way I kind of saw it more was like, oh, his friend who was like struggling and Paul had to be the one to like help him through this. Like that's not going to end well for him. Yeah, that's not um, going to be good. Now I'll say this, something that it's more of like a, I, I think uh, subjective or a little personal to me is that I, I wish that they had done a little bit more with the gas in this. I don't know if you noticed that it they it's subtle it's there um they do they do touch on it especially towards the end of the movie and they they do here as well I thought that this yellow gas yeah I thought that this was going to kind of like foreshadow or be setting up a specific scene with the gas Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really come not for the cat not for the main cast cast. um and I, I in a way it does but not in the sense that you'd probably expect. I get where yeah, you're coming from with that. I, I like the way that they handled it. I, I'm not saying that. I also kind of wish that we had gotten, especially with the tone of this movie and the way that it, it, it's really kind of showing the horrors of World War One. I, I, I kind of wish that they had done that. Gone that brutal and and aspect. yeah, and, and given us a moment of that. Uh, I, I don't know if like there, there was like a specific reason why they didn't or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought it would have been nice uh, just as far as like with the tone of the, the way this movie is going um, because they set this up as if that is going to come up later and not not in the way that we got it but in a yeah. more like our characters are going to have to go through this um, and so that yeah don't we don't really call get to it see a criticism the gas you know come through and, and I, I do think that it would have been nice but I think I do like the way they touched on it it been been nice to get in a scene that way we do get uh, you know I thought the We'll get there. The scene at the end um, with uh, kind of what leads them to retreat from the trenches was it was cool seeing uh, having those aspects in it. But yeah. yeah, we get this opening scene to where they get to the trenches and um, Paul has had to wear his mask the entire time. Yeah. His, punish, his punishment for helping his friend, he has to wear his gas mask the entire time. Um, so he's taking in the fresh air. Uh-huh. And then this is when we get uh Met with a, uh, eventually um, another uh, of the a main cast. Cat uh, is that his name? Uh, I, yeah, for short, uh, Stalinlos is his uh, first name, but okay. yeah, his last name is Kaczynski. And they call Kat him for short. And they call him yep. Cat. Yeah. Yep. Um, my probably my favorite character in the movie. I yeah. I I can't exactly. I I just I liked his attitude. I I like the way that that he is. You know he's a little older than them, and, and like he's got a little bit of that that wisdom. At, you know, it seems like he's been around on the front lines longer. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, just another Wednesday. Yeah, they 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 do a decent job of setting his character up. We get to learn a little bit about him as it goes on, and and his family. There's it's kind of a a weird way for them to do it, but you know he has this pretty like touching moment with Paul where they're both sitting on the toilet. You know they're at their like they're they're the the toilets like far outside of the camp, and they have this kind of like touching moment where Cat talks to Paul about how uh, his son died. Like he gets a letter, and because Cat can't read, he lets Paul read it to him, um, mm-hmm. and that's how Paul kind of finds out more about this guy. And I think that's one of the the biggest moments in the movie where their relationship is really like forged. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a touching so, moment. Yeah, and man, I'll t- I'll tell you one of the things I really liked about this is that I think my favorite moments in it. Are all of the moments that aren't involved with the war? War, yep. Is that nice? It's the characters. Yeah, but it's for me. It was like 
it's these characters that are surviving despite the hell that they're going through. Yep. And so they're they're still trying to like get things done. You know, there's like the scene where they they steal the goose from the uh, uh, the farmer, which comes up later. You know, they, yeah. they that is a payoff. We get a setup and we get a payoff yeah. with that. Um. So uh, yeah, I think you know the cinematography is great in this. Um. It's why I keep stopping on like certain shots or like showing certain things because I I like the way that it looks. Yeah, Cat um, is definitely the 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 wisdom person in the show for the the main group of characters, right? Uh, he's this the sage, the the leader, the the where you get the voice of reason and wisdom from. And it's kind of amazing, like watching this show. You would think, like, man, like no one thought, hey, we should not charge at the enemy where it would be open fire. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, just like send them just like cattle literally just sending them to be slaughtered uh-huh. uh huh it's insane into where you have to listen to your commanders no matter what yeah or else and, you get or you see in this like at the end there yep yep um when you don't listen even though the war is literally over in like 15 minutes uh they get shot because they're considered traitors i know and i i like there was a part there's part of this that i, I was uh, and we'll get to it, but uh, I was like, y'all, just kind of hang back. Like, don't put your full effort into it. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, yeah. you know, like, let just be smart about this. Like, there, it's only 15 minutes. There's got to be a way for you to, like, you know. Yeah. Um, and to finagle I, this. I have, like, a, at least in my head, a reasoning as to why the movie kind of ends the way that it does and, and the way that they, they go about showing all of mm-hmm. that with the main, with Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. Okay. Um, yeah, so this is kind of the the first. Uh, t- he and his friend are on on guard duty because uh, they got in trouble earlier, and this is when they get their their first attack by the French, and they have to run and get into the shelter because the French start shelling them um, with artillery. Yeah, and so it happens, and they're all they're running. Oh and, yeah, and they're in there. I I I really like this. It's you know a good. An, it's more set up for showing like what's actually happening and. Um, glasses you know, start his 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 buddy with the glasses yeah. start he starts you know crying out. saying I can't take it and doesn't he doesn't he start hitting his head against the wall yep. um, has a panic attack uh, I think and it just really captures just the the reality of what happens in war you know yeah and one of the guys this you have this one guy who um uh it like freaks out and runs out and he goes boom boom. <laughs> And uh, that, that you it, it's you could probably say like that is that moment for them. Yep. Like for it's like oh crap for or, for all of these 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 kids. I know they're eighteen. This but is it. They yeah. Or younger. I think I, I don't think they're um just eighteen. Are they? No, they had because yeah, you had to be eighteen. Yeah, I'm pretty. Be, I I'm. Yeah. I thought it was sixteen. I'm pretty sure they said in the movie that they were eighteen. Okay. Um, because Paul, it's okay. So because Paul was born in eighteen ninety nine. And it's 1917. Yeah, that makes sense. And so okay. he's like right; he's either right on the edge of 18 or he is 18. But I think that's yeah. what they're trying to imply. Um, again, subtle. You know, you can you can get the information out there as part of the movie without having to to do something where you're like, "This is Paul. He's our main character. He is 18 yeah. years old. He's very yep. excited about joining the military to go fight." You know what I mean? <laughs> it. You're like rings of power. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're going through this whole th- whoa, uh, this whole scenario, um, and they get blown up. I, I 
uh, the bunker essentially gets caved in. Some of the people get out, uh, and some of them don't. Um, I was trying to see if there was a good, a good moment um, where he's like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, the guy gets blown up, and he's telling everybody to, to get out. Oh, there he is. He's beating his head against the wall. Yeah. They're all free. They're all freaking out um, uh, about what's going on. Um, Paul gets caved in. And when he wakes up, he sees sort of the after, you know, you get the aftermath of, yeah. of everything that's going on. And you see his buddy is uh, dead. Yeah. Or, well, the guy, well, one he of the goes, guys outside him. Yep. Yeah, he goes through a lot of um, the different bodies because they, they basically are like, are you okay? And then they have to get the, the tags from their friends and put them yeah, in Yeah, well, bag. you sit with him for a minute and he sits down and I think Kat gives him a piece of bread. Oh. And he eats it, and then the commander comes and says, "Are you okay?" Uh-huh. He's like, "Yeah." And he says, hands him a bag, and that's when he starts picking up the tags, and he finds his buddy with the glasses. Yeah, uh, he actually steps on the glasses first. Yep. Um, it's and very then, nice and touch. Then he, then he finds him, and it's it's man, it's brutal. And I flashed that part of his his buddy, and um, it turns out like his, he like his leg got like blown off too, like the yep. bottom, bottom part of it. Um, the detail in this movie is really superb. It's really good. Yeah, I, I really I like the cinematography. I was very pleased with the oh, way dude. that everything was shot. I think you know even the color grading. Uh, it's it is very well done. It is very yes. well done. Um, cinematography, color grading, editing. I mean, uh, directing. Oh, I, I should have mentioned <clears throat> the thing that it's because we we it happens when they're all marching off at the very beginning after they've gotten their mm-hmm. uniforms. There's this like french horn noise in this movie that very much irritated me and i i don't think the inten- yeah. i don't think that's the intention i think the intention is it's supposed to add because a lot of the music it adds to that tension and that being uncomfortable with with what's mm-hmm. going on uh which is is well done this french horn was driving me nuts i thought at first it was actually something in the movie like it was some sort of horn that was I don't know, like telling them that they're marching off to war, but you hear it throughout the movie at yeah. different at different times, and I'm like, personally, bad choice. Like you should have just left that out because yeah. there's something to be said about quiet moments and allowing certain things to just be on screen without the excess of music or whatever in the background. Mm-hmm. And for me. That was one of the things I'm like, you could have left that out. You've yeah. you've established well enough what these kids are getting into. So not having to have like rising music in these moments or these sort of like eerie noises that are going on. I, I personally I think it just would have been better, but Yeah. Anyway. Um oh. So you get the the scene of uh, the people counting and again, what we've been kind of talking about with the themes where there's sort of the haves and the have nots. Mm-hmm. And the, or that that being one of the themes, you get this moment of them counting the the bottom of these dog tags that belong to the soldiers, and just how mechanical the whole process is. Yep. Like these aren't they're just like well this is what it is, and he's like writing the now the names down because I I assume they're gonna send letters to the family or you know inform the families of of what's happened to these people, um, and letting the general know how many people have died. Yes, because of where they're at in the war yeah and they um one of the things he says is he almost does a a 
oh, that's sad anyway, because it's like one of the one of the names that he picks up. He's like, oh, it was his birthday yesterday. And he's like, huh, and he just like throws it and he moves on yep. to the next one. Um, and so you can see how interesting the like all of this is uh, set up and we get introduced to um, one of the characters who is essentially trying to stop the war. Yeah, he's the one who's uh, got the guy to, from uh, Avengers, right? Is that who that is? Yeah, I, I, I think thought, so. Who plays Zemo? I think so. I'm going to check. You can check. I thought that might have been him, but I honestly couldn't tell. And also, I didn't know he knew German. So there's that. Um, but yeah, he is essentially assigned with getting the uh, the French. Yep, Zemo. It is him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great in this. Really liked his role. Um, another one of the characters that I really enjoyed when when he was on screen. Um, I liked that he's the guy that is trying to be the voice of reason to everyone. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have the general uh, who is kind of the guy who is the opposite. You understand his character, but he also does something at the end that you're like, oh no, yeah. yeah like I, but and the worst part is, is like I didn't know it was coming. But I knew it was coming, like what he yeah. what he ends up doing at the end. Um, and so, yeah, I really liked what he, this and that they're going through sort of this this process of, you know, the warnings end. We need to bring these people home. We've lost so many people because like we were we were talking about at the start, you have this scenario where it's a lose lose situation. It's like we stay in this war. If we let our pride get in the way, lots more people are going to die. It, you, you know, you you're, you're talking about something that could have potentially wiped out so many people yeah um and he's trying to get this across it's like it's time to to end this um and then he gets the deal uh later on and, and you see that too where it's like your options aren't good either way like germany's essentially screwed in whether we do one thing or the other but you know you're, you're basically he has to decide like no this has got to be the better option no no matter what um so i i like yeah. that because it, it it doesn't leave you with like a sense of things are like working out or you don't have this triumph at the end of the movie uh, for, for really any of the characters. It's, it's yeah. very somber. It's very sad the way that everything ends. Um, and I appreciate it's it. It's very much real. Uh-huh. Yeah. The yeah. realism in it is, is nice. Cause as you said, I don't want to spoil it just yet until we get there, but the journey you go on is, is it's nice and sad. But and um, we catch up with Paul again. This is where um, they steal the goose, uh, which I, I thought was great. And this is probably this stretch of the movie is probably some of my favorite because, like I was saying, a lot of the stuff that isn't involved in the actual war. Uh, I just liked it. I like the Keller character development. I yeah. like getting to see them all interacting with each other. This is roughly two years later. Um, they're actually heading in so towards, towards the end of the war. Yeah, they're heading towards the end of the war. Um and they're and, still, still in this uh, goose this so that they goose. can have meat to eat because yeah. they've, you know, have only been eating potatoes. And so you kind of see, you get to see that. And it's kind of this nice, fun moment, and but dangerous as well. Yes, yes, it does. It does come back. That is a set. The, 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 them stealing the goose from the farm is a setup for later in the movie. Uh, so yeah, there are, you know, but they're not thinking about that. You know what I mean? Like for them, after you've kind of been on the front line, you've been involved in this and you've survived, I would assume nothing feels as dangerous, you know, stealing from a farmer, any sort of um, interaction 
uh, with with strangers, whatever the case may be. It it seems to me that that is. Um, oh, sorry. Hi, Mila. Yeah. Welcome to the troll room. Yeah, it's been a while. Um. Yeah, they, they everything that they've been doing it uh, it, it just like this is like their normal life now. Yep. So them like going and, and taking a goose from a farmer, no big deal. Like yeah. from their perspective, um, because of everything they're going through and the fact that you know they haven't had meat in so long and just these things that they've missed and you get this nice this other nice scene of women coming by their their camp right and they're like oh wow we haven't seen you know women in so long and and the waving at them and uh their buddy the guy in the red hair right there goes and actually meets the women and end up going off with them and yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh i think like this i think you're right like this the interactions between them right here are some of the best parts of the mm-hmm. of the movie because you get that great character development and i forget they like during all this, I don't know, was it right before this or right after this scene to where they start asking Paul his opinion on, man, it's been since Saturday since I watched the movie, so I can't exactly remember, but just some good discussion right here. Yeah, they, they talk about the future, what they want yeah, to do. One of, them, right. one of them says that he wants to be in some sort of specific, I guess it's like a military unit yeah, he wants or... To, yeah, what's his name? Uh, uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but Jodden uh, says that he wants to be... Uh, a specialist in the military police Ooh, that guy yeah that yeah and i think it's him that or no no it's him this is yeah this it's is him. Or, and they're like yeah you're not gonna or cats like cat says to him you're not gonna be able to to do that and you know kind of is a dismissive of him and mm-hmm. brings his mood down discourages him and jod jodden's like i'm gonna i'm gonna do it anyway and um then they ask paul what he wants to be and uh, I can't remember what Paul says. Do you remember? I know he he said something about going to school. Like school. that's the yeah, like, and I know Cat later on in the movie tells him that he needs to like go to college. That he's like, you're smart. You've been educated. You know, that's your that's what you need to do. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think that's the case, but I can't yeah. I can't quite remember. It'd be all right. Um, is it, oh, I never noticed before. I, this is a plane. Over here in the background. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, it's just the details of where oh. they're they're living. You see the planes flying over them like all the time throughout the movie. Yeah, like when they were going to the woods, I think to take uh, take a dump. Um, you see the planes fighting, uh, and this I'm like, man, that's just a. I think I think that's a the scene where you see it, but yeah, yeah this you is do. The scene. They're in the yeah. They, one of the angles you see the the like the them the planes flying. Um, from outside the trees and it's just a nice touch and and, and they're not even paying attention they don't care they're just like hey that's their it's become uh, reality for them which is i i like man i i can like i said it's probably not like from a technical perspective this movie is excellent it's so it's very very well done um and you know the more i talk about it honestly i think the the more it sort of uh endears itself to me um, and it's possible by the time we get around to the end of the year, it might make it onto my like top three, uh, which is yeah. really surprising to say about something that came from Netflix. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I was I had very low expectations with this yeah. uh, because they haven't made a whole lot of good stuff. No, uh, they haven't. Or produced whatever you want to say. Uh, this is Netflix gold by their standards. You know? <laughs> uh, so this is that scene that I was talking about where they have this sort of sentimental moment while the two of them are. um 
on the crapper and uh cat can't read and so paul does all of the the reading for him and paul finds out all this information about how he's got a wife and he has a kid who died and we don't find out till later what happened um and it's just a uh, like again a somber moment but it, it works really well for them uh, and then his buddy comes home later. I, I, it's the thing is the character interactions in this. All the stuff that's not just them during the war is all of my favorite stuff from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is this like 30, 30 minute span, uh, about an hour in. It seems uh, close to uh, an hour. So wait, no, never mind. I'm looking at this wrong. But it's it's probably about a thirty minute span uh, after the first like forty five minutes or so um, is when you when you get to get to them all kind of just living their lives during the war and um, his yeah. buddy comes back it's implied that he slept with one of the girls and she gave him she gave him like a token um and they uh you know they're all just like completely into it you know they're just they're so excited and it's like just this little taste of home like this yeah. thing that that they're being reminded of um they do great with this and then um, they have to go on this uh mission to find a, uh, a whole group of uh, new recruits that didn't come. Yes. Um, and, and this is where the uh, mustard gas, you know, the gas mask uh, pays off. Like that that, that kind of like small payoff, but not uh-huh. in the way that we were expecting to see not, it. Not what I wanted, but I did really like this scene because they, you know, they're, they're searching around for this other group and they, they keep calling them kids. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like the new recruits um that are that are coming in but they end up finding them and they're all dead in this this room and one of the characters is like they took their masks off too soon yeah um and it's just like how horrified like they all are um which is again something interesting to see considering the way that we were talking about before that this is their life now this is the stuff that they're used to um oh yeah here this is a pretty good shot of of that um Again, even something like this, it's not, this is not a happy thing. It's very well shot. Uh, this It's great. Just the cinematography in this, their, their director of photography, whoever it was, just chef's kiss. Like Yeah, right. Very, I'm telling you, man, good. these scenes to where, like, the moments in between the war, like, and how the director um, focuses on them and brings out the, allows the characters to express just you get to see how the how the war is affecting the characters yeah in all these intricate ways and and how they're in the moment and uh, missing home and and the the psychological difficulties they go through and it's just man i mean and the cinematography with it just i really yeah man i mean you just get to see the the extent to which they go to try to see another day just to live just to survive mm -hmm. it's very much a survival story while also seeing the impact war has on people and 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 the carnage yeah and we've talked about it uh that you can express so much about what a character is thinking and feeling just by showing accurate uh facial expressions yes like that the scene you were talking about with with Kat and Paul, where they're on the crapper, and Paul really doesn't say much, but you see everything you need to see with his his facial reactions, yes. his body language. Yeah. He doesn't have to say words. And, and, and it's, it's just, they do such a great job mm-hmm. in this movie with it's, that. It's, uh, it's something that works, too, because they trust that the audience understands how uh, Paul is feeling in that moment because of how kind of 
uncomfortable you might feel when you find out that like someone you're pretty close to that he mm. has a dead uh son i believe yeah um so yeah so we meet i don't remember if this guy's the general or the captain but he's you could say he's our villain i think he's the general yeah he's kind of the antagonist of the movie um what did you he carries that he carries that theme of like with him specifically kind of like what you were talking about earlier that how um these men are fighting on behalf of those in power right yeah and you know one decision from these uh, men in power resort resort to you know thousands of lives lost like they're just sheep led to the slaughter uh they don't care it's about their position what they think is best you know they don't really value the lives of their fellow countrymen yeah he he says somewhere in there he has a conversation with the guy that that's his uh He's like underling or whatever. Yeah. The, the guy, he, he, they're having a conversation and he's, he, he tells him, he's like, you have, he, they have a conversation about their, uh, about his parents and how when he goes home, he's going to take over whatever the industry was that his, his parents were running. And uh, the, I'll just say the captain. I don't know if that was his actual rank or not. Um, but yeah. the captain essentially says that. I think they say, and specifically, he that that's a general. He's a general. Okay. So the yeah. general, the general is saying that. His family has always known war. His father yeah, was in, involved. Okay. Um, you know, his father was in war, um, and that was also his industry. And so, it's all he's really ever known. So, the yeah. end of the war is the end of his career. Is kind of the way that they're setting it up, the way that he sees it. Um, mm-hmm. And you start to begin to understand where this is probably headed. Uh, th- this guy is he's he's proud. Um, he doesn't look at the troops um, that he's commanding as anything other than just pawns to be used in order to try to push uh, to get victories. Um, yep. It's it's interesting. It, it reminds me a little bit of he's sort of if you want to take like Viserys um, and how Viserys talked about. Well, it's like I was never a great general. I never won any any great battles or had any great losses or anything like that. This guy's sort of you could say his character is a is an example of what the opposite would be mm. whereas like Viserys was doing everything for peace and you saw the way that you saw the way that that was affecting his family and the way that he ran everything this guy right. is that exact opposite where it's like all he knows is war all he knows yep. is how to fight and try to plan out victories and try to push because it's important well, and it's important to who he is yeah because he's trying to fill his father's shoes Right. Like his father was this we get told later on um, that his father was this great war hero from whatever war in the 1800s with Germany. And yeah. he came home a hero to, you know, a hero's welcome. And that's very much a, a leading factor, I think, of the invocation of why he makes a decision at the end is because he wants the he wants that same recognition that his father got. Yeah. He, and, and that yeah, it's it's that. I'll go down in the history books as like this is something that they'll remember me for and it's kind yeah. of interesting because ultimately it it's futile but yeah and, and you see like I, I really just like that scene too because it it shows him and the other like German uh, leaders you know just well fed they're they're by a cozy uh-huh. fire uh-huh. they're drinking this nice wine you know it's not as hard for them as it is for uh, you know the, the men in the trenches, and they're just whimsically deciding the fates of millions of people. 
there's a oh this scene is a really good example of that um yes that uh his look the uh not him but the uh oh what's his name the zemo uh yeah you know the the guy that's trying to end the war his look that he gives them is because the the previous scene is essentially them back in the trenches yep and it what it was a really good idea so you have you have all the guys i think they're headed back out um and then that leads oh yeah here's another shot of the trenches uh and that that essentially leads into um we're just gonna keep calling Zemo. <laughs> I don't even know if they ever mention his name in yeah. the in the movie, but uh, he sees uh, one of one of his uh, colleagues. I'm I'm pretty sure he's got all of this bread, this you know his his boiled egg, his orange juice. Um, just you know the guy's fat. You know he's he's not mm-hmm. like you you see that compared to all of the kids early on in the movie when they're all getting their uniforms like how how slender a lot of them are um, yeah. they're very specific in the way that they they cast certain people in this and his his physicality is on purpose mm-hmm. um it's great you're convincing me more and more joseph that this movie is <laughs> is really good um just going back through it hey, um, you're welcome that's what i'm here for so and it's i think a good movie. i'm going to wa- i'm watching it again I think okay. I, it was too gruesome for my keeper to to keep watching. She was going in and out with me, and I was picking on her. I'm like, "Come on, come on!" But and then so you also see that everyone else has these these meals, and the, yeah. they're just showing that, and it's comfort. Mm-hmm. And they have to go in, and they they meet with uh, the French leaders. Uh, and this, I think, this is the scene where they tell they basically tell them like. This is it. This is the deal. You sign yeah. this. I think they tell him they have three days, and he's like, "And the fighting will continue until it's signed." Yeah. Uh, and they're they're like, "That's it." Yep. And they're and, and they give very hard terms, like, "Hey, everything's going to keep. We're we're not negotiating. You accept it for what it is." And again, that's one of the um, impetuses <laughs> of leading to World War II was a Treaty of Versailles, uh-huh. which is you know they're signing the armistice, but uh, you know, it's essentially what they're giving here is also also the same thing given with the Treaty of Versailles yeah. as well. And this was another shot of uh, the French, and it looked like it was probably French command and all of the good food that they also had. Um, and it's it's such an interesting uh, moment, and I, I I I can't remember logistically how it works, but I think they t- they take this his buddy earlier on back when they find before they find all of their dead recruits uh, in that room his buddy takes a poster of a woman yes and I think it's a little bit later and this again the details and the, the setups and payoffs um, they show a, him put the poster there before they start going into um, I think the, next, the other side the next yeah. fight. Yep. Um, so it's about it's we're not too far away from it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, here's this. Um, and at the end, I'm pretty sure it's pretty close to the end of the movie. Paul finds it again, and it's that recognition that he finds yep. the poster again. It's that recognition that they've basically gone back and forth, back and forth back over and forth. this this hundred meters of territory. And what have you really accomplished? Yeah, and it's so, yeah, it's really really good. Profound. It's really good. 
Um, so yeah, they they get into this fight. We we see. Um, and then, you, that man, that scene of them—I'm sorry—eating that food right there, and that joy, and they're just scarfing it down. There, you, you, you know, we don't know how long this moment's going to the last. Sausage, and the so honey, yeah. yeah, we're trying to get it down as fast as possible, and they have to quickly leave because they hear something shaking, uh, and then that's when we get this. Uh, nice touch for me. The first tanks ever implemented in war. So this is gas, though, right? When they with the gas, there's like yellow stuff coming from the sides of. Let me see. Like there, is that I, or is that just? I, I'm a. <laughs> I was assuming if that's gas, that would be very dumb because of unless it's coming from the Germans. Um, and that but was again, I would still imagine that those in the trenches would have the gas mask on in case the wind changed direction. Right. So maybe not. Uh, so it's just maybe it's just smoke. Co- it's cover for them or something yeah. like that. I just I was looking for gas like the whole movie. If I'm yeah. being honest, so it's just one of those things. <laughs> just um, really wanted it, right? But this, uh, yeah, this was great. And that you, they, you see how, oh, it gets so brutal, dude, that like people are getting blown up. There's one yes. dude that gets run over by one of the tanks and it's just, they just show it. It's not, they're not even like, yep. oh, we're going to, they're not like, hiding away from yeah, it. Yeah. They're like, we're not even going to like cut away before it like hits his head. It's like, we're just going to show he you the whole crushed. thing. Um, absolutely crushed. And the germ, and, and it's so that, that I like them going from showing this brutality and then it cuts to the general and he's right outside the battle. And again, just watching everything. They're they're really showing you that this guy who who's like in charge and he he he's not on the front lines with these kids. He's yep. not he's like the the Germans are allowing what they call at the beginning of the movie the quote unquote greatest generation to put themselves up against everything. Yep. Um so yeah, they all go out, they're like all from the comfort of their you know his elegant the housing trains and their yeah his like housing thing yeah uh, I don't think he leaves it the entire movie right maybe at the is he is he on the floor like does he He's go on outside the train at the very end when he tell when he tells maybe him that last part but he doesn't even go to the last battle with them no he just stays behind and that's the thing man and like, it shows it, his like how much of a coward he is too he's not willing to lead his men. Yeah, and they one of the great things about this is that they show. Um, oh shoot, what was I gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say, uh, it's like um, uh, Corleus says it's like history remembers names. Yep. And that's that guy. That's kind of a similar theme with I think with that with guy. That it's guy. like it's kind of implied. It's like he wants his name that name recognition to go down in yep. the history books. Everything. His that, father's name is recognized has this great legacy i want to have that great legacy too yep and i'm willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish that and so they they push back um you get a really good i well maybe we're not quite there yet um there's a really really good moment where paul gets trapped in a uh oh it's it's coming up yep i think they they get pushed oh um, yeah he gets trapped in this uh in the hole and the hole where you know it's probably some artillery shell created, um, and because they they push across, yep. take that spot, and they get pushed all the way back. And then I do they get they get pushed further, right? Is that how? Yep. Out and of that original he, trench, he it, we when he gets in that trench right there in that hole right there, he spends a good bit of time there just like trying to hide, and because he he realizes that the French forces are coming up behind him, and that. Uh, the German forces have moved on, and then that's when he looks behind him and uh, sees that French guy staring at him. Uh, 
aiming at him, I should say. Yes. Uh, his rifle and then an um, artillery shell. Um, it doesn't Hits, get him, but it knocks, knocks the guy into the uh, hole. Yeah. Hang on, let's. Boom! <laughs> that was good timing. <laughs> How did that not kill him? Uh, yeah, there's a there's one other time. I think Paul gets hit with something. I think it's in that previous scene. Um, it's something lands and like blows up like pretty close to him, and it and it either knocks him into this hole or he gets like. Uh, he gets like dazed and then falls yeah. in the hole. I can't remember exactly how that that happens, but yeah, there, there's just a couple moments in the movie where you're like, "All right, I have to kind of go with it for the sake." Yeah, of, that of that what's artillery that landed. It, so when I saw it, if I remember correctly, it was far enough away to where okay, there's a reasonable possibility this wouldn't be deadly. Um, yeah, and you know, oh, sent him flying and kind of like knocked him out, but. Yeah, Paul ends up getting a fight with that Frenchman and stabs him. Um, and, you know, then he goes away from him because he's like, he doesn't want to hear him die. Oh, and he's brutal. just not. Yeah, he's just not dying. He's sitting there coughing up blood, gasping for air. And Paul just starts crying and goes over to him. And it's just, an, it's just the humanity. He goes yes. over, looks, and he starts smearing the guy, the mud from the guy's mouth and face and he goes down um with his handkerchief i think and uh soaks you know water from like all the blood's in there all the the dirt but gets it and rinses it uh, puts it in the guy's mouth so you know he can get get some water get the mud out and everything and he uh he starts to pull out the guy's knife he pulls out his knife and the guy starts freaking out he's like no 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 and he uh opens up the guy's uh jacket or or whatnot uh, uniform and then he uh, searches a guy and pulls out and sees that he has this family and he keeps the he keeps it yeah. uh, in his jacket and the intention uh, maybe being that he's gonna try to like find them later contact. yeah yep. there was something that I yeah that I kind of got from and that. apologize because he he he, tell, he apologizes to the guy yeah. in the scene doesn't he he says I'm sorry I believe. Um. Yeah, it's, either it's way, that, really, that's, it's, if it's not said, it's heavily implied that that's, yep. that's what's going on. He um, cries on the guy, you know, I mean, just the, I took this person's life, and for what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, kind of expecting it to be a turning point for him in this entire conflict. Unfortunately, that's not really what happens. Nope. Um, okay, so, they, after this... They start hearing rumors, essentially, that the war is about to be over. Yep. And chaos is starting to ensue. It take place on the front line. This is all kind of taking place where the the general is, and a lot of the um, uh, the the soldiers are also staying in this area. They're like running around and like like threatening the cooks for the food, and, and you know, doing mm-hmm. all sorts of crazy stuff. And we unfortunately. Um, oh, one of his buddies. We didn't we didn't mention this, but one of his buddies gets killed in that last conflict. He gets he gets flamethrowered. Yes, which was oh, and oh man, it, dude, his buddies. So his so they were retreating from the French, and one of his buddies stayed behind a tank and was shooting at them. Yeah, and a, and he ends up throwing down his weapon and putting his hands up, and the flamethrower guys for the French just light him on yep, fire. Yep, and and Paul watches it all. Um, and it's like right before he ends up in the trench. Yep, and ends up uh, killing that French soldier. And then we 
eventually he and Kat... I'm skipping through a little bit of this because I, I mm-hmm. think they do finally sign. It, 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 that is the Treaty of Versailles, right? That they're they're signing in this, or is that? I, I think so. I, it, I think it's either, it's, it's either that it's an armistice that's you know for this. Let's just say it's the Treaty of Versailles because yeah. that's essentially. I mean, they don't get to negotiate. It is what it is, and the French just wanted to humiliate them, and not just the French too, um, but you know the USA, England, all the Allies power didn't give Germany any chance to kind of rebuild and it was a treaty signed before uh with terms given that weren't given to a a defeating opponent prior to that in in europe's history i was i was looking for i guess it happened i was a little off with it but there there's a a scene where it happened somewhere in here where his friend who wanted to be in like the uh the police for germany the the guy that we're talking about kills him he 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 takes a fork and he jabs it into his throat so you see before oh yeah there is setup for that sorry (laughs) he gets a shot in the in the knee yeah and he's like i'm not gonna be able to be an mp now and and you get that scene and then paul leaves to go get some food and and they come back they bring the soup to him and uh he's like hey we got some soup and uh you know, Jordan says, did you bring in cutlery? And they're like, yeah, and he hands him a fork. And he, you just see him staring at the fork And because Jordan's like, I'm not going to be able to be anything now. I'm not going to – he stays. I'm not going to be a cripple in this world. Yeah. Um, and then he just stabs himself in the neck and kills himself. And you just see that gripping reality of during this time period what these, you know, the difficulties he's been faced, to put it lightly. Yep. Uh, so they sign and – I, you know, they signed about four with about forty five minutes left in the movie, and yeah. I, I was sitting there like, okay, maybe Paul and Cat are good, maybe. And, yeah. God, so they uh, a couple hours before Man, the so, end, because he talks about right here, like I don't, I don't know if it was in if it's in this scene or the previous scene that Cat talks with Paul about having more children, like yeah. During all of this, and, and and they're coming from all these moments of barely making it out right alive, right to these these horrific um, battles, and they're they're just barely surviving. And then, you know, the the this this tragedy that they're in, but yet they're still fantasizing about life after the war and and having these just beautiful this 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 fantastical moment of being able to get out of the reality of what they're in yep yep uh so they go back again to the farmer's house uh they're they're trying to get um some food you know it's a kind of like a special thing for them it's like this farmer's here and um they think that they get away with it and then paul oh you have this shot let's see if i can find it um the the son uh of the farmer uh whoops he has he just he has this like look on his face like and yeah. he kind of knew okay now let me ask you mm-hmm. did you get the feeling that this kid would have been able to catch up to them no i did not okay. that's actually it, it, this was this was the part of the movie that i was like ah it's a little it's one of those things that uh, as far as you have as, to really suspend your disbelief. Yeah, it's it's not that I don't like what happens, it's more of 
how this kid it had came to. About. Yeah, I mean, because they were booking it away from these guys, and they don't really tell you how far that they went, but they're obviously they're setting up that this this kid's like pissed about um, them constantly because the idea constantly still in there. Yeah, the, <laughs> the idea being that these these guys have come probably more than these two times to take food from them mm-hmm. over the past like two and a half years. Yeah. Um, so they run away and Kat decides that he needs to go um, into the woods to go use the restroom. Um, and it was pretty odd. This was, as far as like stuff's yep. concerned, it was pretty obvious what was, what gonna was happen. about to happen. Um, again, that's why this movie slightly reminds me of a horror movie because there's just elements of it that feel in line with stuff that you would see in something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and so, you know, he hears something and he turns around and the kid's there and the kid shoots him. Yep. Um, and how that kid got there so fast. I mean, he, he like teleport, he kind of teleported, Dude. man. It, it yeah, seemed like did. it was really quick. Bro, Usain Bolt, you know, all the, and what's <laughs> the interesting thing is that all they really needed to do was show that the kid was following them. Just give us like yeah. one or two moments of him, knowing kind of where they're headed and tracking them down it that's all they really had to do wouldn't have yep. taken much long. i mean the movie's already two and a half hours long it's not like an extra what, minute another five minutes yeah. is gonna <laughs> so they um he yeah you don't realize it at first because they kind of implicate that just for a second that maybe cat shot the kid yeah that's kind of what i thought was going to happen and it turns that's out what better. i did too and then it turns out no he actually did get shot so and then somehow the kid ran away yeah, and so he carries them all the way back to the base. It's really far. They pass some trucks along the way, um, and then by that the don't t- stop to help them because no. they're all drunk and and not really paying attention. Yeah, and so by the time he gets cat back, it turns out I think he hit his liver. Yeah, because he mentioned something about like his black, liver, black, black blood. blood. Yeah, um, and cat pass had passed away at some point during that. So Paul is now completely alone. And you see this like he started out very eager happy like wide-eyed right um to join the war and then at this point in this moment now he's just cold aloof and just kind of uh morally dead inside oh, just he's cold hearted down yeah i mean yep. there's just not there's there's hardly anything left for him he's seen no spirit in him everything's been taken away from him that he kind of was holding on to all, all he's got left is that handkerchief from mm. his friend we don't even see what was really interesting i'm pretty sure this is the case his one friend who had the handkerchief we don't even know what happened to him no i think he got so when they were retreat it, it was a brief moment and i would have to go back but when they're retreating when the tanks come um uh, they get separated, right? And, I, there, and I, I think I, I think it's implied that he ended up dying, or right. at least you know lost. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I there was I'd I, have to go back and watch it. Yeah, but. you'll have to let me know because I don't remember anything specific. Because yeah. I remember the part where he gets separated, and then that was the last time I remember seeing him. Yeah. And so I don't know if there was ever anything said or if the implication is that, you know, it's like during that whole thing, they wanted, to, you know, you had all these on-screen deaths for his friends. So maybe there was something to show, like, sometimes they don't even know what happened. Yeah. You know, because it is through Paul's perspective. So, um, and he, he doesn't come back for that final, uh, the final battle. Yep. So I get the implication is no matter whatever, he probably died. Probably died. Um. And so this was what I was talking about before, where there's still this kid gets out of the the truck and they're still sending in 
brand new recruits. Um, mm-hmm. And Paul now having been out there for two and a half years, he kind of like pushes the kid along, like gets him going, yep. um, which I thought was, an, again, nice little touch. I like the touch of the hel- the bullet in the back of the helmet from yeah. the opening scene to yeah. where they're at night and uh, when they first get to the trenches, trenches and uh, they hear something, they fire their weapon and they stay in the same spot and the, and the French shoot and uh, knock you know, knock his helmet off. And the guy's like, yeah, I think cat tells him when you shoot, it's either cat or the cap in there. Yeah. When you shoot, you got to move. Yep. Yeah. That was a really good, uh, moment too. And so we basically learned that they're sending them back out. It's like, there's roughly going to be 15 minutes left and they're going to push across the trench one more time for the pride of this general. Um, and you know, the French are celebrating. They're not really, um, they're not thinking these, these people are going to do this. Um, and the commander, whoever that guy is with the mustache, he's the one that hears them, I think, and gets them all going. Um, and it's, it's, it's such an interesting yep. thing. Cause it's this, it's very sad. It's de- There's, it's this sad, desperate attempt at the last minute to yep. do something. And you know how hopeless it is while you're watching it happen. Yep. Right. Um, oh no, they're going you you know you feel for the Frenchman too because these guys are like it's done finally and yeah uh, you just yeah. you oh you we, just it really underscores the theme that you know the his soldiers are just pawns to him and yeah. the mechani- machinations of his plans and what he wants and his legacy and his pride and narcissism and they're just as I said earlier lambs you know, led to the slaughter. Mm-hmm. And so Paul goes through this whole thing. he like beats a dude, um, saves the kid's life. Yeah. Saves that kid's life. And ultimately he gets dude. this, this scene I like because he's fighting with this Frenchman that he meets and they get down into one of the tunnels and from a callback to the original for when there's an artillery artillery bombardment. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. And it, you can, you could see them look at each other and they're like, uh, just by the body language, let's stop fighting. Yeah, yeah. It's and like then, it's like what are it, it's kind of this moment of realization where it's like, what are we doing? You know, and yeah, and then a guy comes out of the uh, the dark and stabs Paul. Yeah, um, and runs off like it's just such you know it's like it's kind of this like jarring moment for everyone involved and and probably for the audience as well. And then they he leaves and that's but that's it's not jarring it. for that French guy because he's just used to. Oh, enemy uh-huh, and, yep. and just runs off yep. and yeah good sequence it gets him right in the heart too because i was trying to figure it out for a second like he stabbed him right in the heart yeah um right there it really cult it really just underscores the oh, god i love this the heartbreaking cycle of death you know what i mean that's been displayed from the beginning to yeah. the end of the movie yeah because the group come in die uh-huh. and so it's like that guy the guy goes up in the trenches uh, from the trenches at the beginning um dies we find out mm-hmm. he dies. We follow Paul through the whole thing. Paul dies, and then we get the perspective of the kid that he saved at, in the last like couple minutes. Yeah, um, which is we, a, we see a call back to the beginning of the movie when Paul, you know, got hit by artillery and he's eating bread, and then he's given the bag to pick up. And here's the poster. Yep, from like earlier dog on. tags. Yeah. Um. You know, and it just it it does not end on a on a happy note for anyone. And this is that what you were talking about, where the kid that he saves, he goes along and he recognizes. And when he gets to Paul, he recognizes him. Yep, um, the guy that saved them. Really, just heartbreaking story. Um, 
But I think, man, just a great, great, heartbreaking, but great story. I even like that the kid takes the, this like the memento, like he he knows that it's like important Mm because it's, you know, Paul's holding on to it at the end and it like, it meant something to him. And again, all of this without having to give any kind of dialogue, Paul's not like, take this, it, it, it was good for me during, you know what I mean? Like he's, it's not Mm -hmm. any, and it just kind of ends the way it opened. Everything's quiet. Man, it's so good. Yeah, I recommend this. Go watch this movie. If if you're if you're if you can deal with the violence, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Well I, worth I think, it. I and think I, I definitely think recommend. App for our time right now too. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's like it, that that reminder of war. What happens when you uh, are the the foot soldiers versus the people who are pushing for it to happen? Mm. Um, sort of those those different dynamics. Um, and that uh, people might not be telling you the truth about everything that's going on. Um, we mm. can probably leave it at that. We don't have to dig too deep into that topic yep. today. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, is there anything else that you want to say before we close this out? Yeah, guys, if uh, you know, if you can, if, if you suck with us so far and you enjoy our content, please consider becoming a donator of the show. Uh, please consider, you know, uh, whether if it's a $1 a month reoccurring payment, $5, $5 million, anything we appreciate. Um, we're thankful for, if you have any special skill that you want to donate to us, uh, we will credit you and we want this to be a community thing to where we're all involved. And again, like we said, it's value for value. What value are you getting from us? Do you think it's worth a, you know, a night at the movies? All right. Well, until next week, y'all take it easy. See ya. Being patient with them, I try to. But you got room temperature IQ. Expecting a lecture from these idiot guys who got opinions not worth it's what's under my shoe. Y'all tripping on truth when we call it out. Cause y'all people as goofy as I'll get out. If y'all with them and not with you, I'd sit out. Cause every rapper's on the list now, mad at a pitch count. Flowing heaters like my soul's beat up. No people focus on hoaxes in the shows he book. And I'm hoping to open doors and I got foes and such. But I know that I'll be opposing to the goal. I must start attacking. Ain't lacking my brains lashed in Same way that I game is the same way of the backhand All the pain that I bring up is like the bane to the Batman I'm back cracking Whack trends claiming they rap fans and backtracking Give a crap about the what's his face Only thing you out rapping is a sandwich at Subway And y'all just so happen to welcome beef on my lunch plate And you are a disaster and this can only go one way And you steady flashing guns in your music viz And I know you do it for the fun but what you doing is Abusing every rule of course you can use it quick You're showing the world you don't know what you are doing kid
if it's one thing that I want you to see, it's everybody is ignorant. It's only when you speak on what you don't know, you become slow, and that ignorance crosses into stupidity. Yet I'm still spending my energy debating enemies that tend to be idiots, really inept politically, that don't have the depth or wit of me. Oh well, it'll be co-chance in hell, so riddle me this. How am I supposed to take you serious when all of your positions are socially expedient? Thinking you a rebel, but at most you obedient, opposing opinions make folks be belligerent. A cult and religious, so you know what's on CNN and vote what you told by the folks that gotta send this message. Oh, you a hypocrite and I'm in awe, cause the diversity you advocate is not in thought. You get away with it cause you placed in a freaking chamber with echoes ringing, surrounded by a bunch of brainless. Your aim is yet all the same shame cause you ain't slick, afraid to relate of the things cause you nameless. Your time when you can be so much more, so much more.